Welcome to the Ashley and Jessicast. I started this podcast because of my love for Jessica and Ashley Simpson, but due to the support of my amazing listeners, I have been able to expand to other topics as well to feed my pop culture obsession and yours. Join me as we time travel through some of the most interesting figures in music, movies, TV, and beyond. I'm your host, Leah Russo. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into another Lindsay installment. Oh, my goodness. Today, we're going to jail. We have to go to jail with Lindsay. And if you're like me, maybe you knew that Lindsay went to jail, obviously, but you didn't know all the details surrounding it. I didn't even really know exactly what she went to jail for. I mean, I had an idea, but the actual charge I wasn't positive of. So I have combed through, oh my God, hundreds of articles and so much information. I am exhausted. I don't know how Lindsay lived this because I just (laughs) covering it. I'm like, (laughs) I need a nap. I need help. So you guys know because I love Lindsay and I feel like she's been so unfairly treated. We also have to get into all the good things she was doing around this time because people just, you know, really didn't care about any of the things that were positive in her life at this time. They just wanted to report on all of the negative. And I feel like it was that way pretty much from Georgia rule on, you know, like Lindsay could have cured cancer and people still would have been like, go to jail, skank. And it's like, okay, okay, like calm down. You know, did she hurt you? What happened? So we're going to get into so much that I am not even going to give any more of an intro. Let's just get into it. Now in this 2008 to 2010 period, Lindsay started getting into some other projects related to fashion and retail. She released a line of leggings called 6126 and a line of tanning sprays called 79. Why did she do this? Well, because she loved spray tanning. She was known for always having a spray tan. And also, she was known for wearing leggings all the time, which sounds funny, but literally, if you look at old paparazzi photo posts from this era, people were always commenting, oh, she's wearing the leggings again. She's got the leggings again. And I don't know if you guys remember, but around this era, it was like looked down on to wear leggings. I remember so many people being like, leggings are not pants. And I was like, That's actually literally what they are. They are pants. What do you think they are? Long underwear? Like they're pants. This isn't 1920. They're they're pants. It's fine. And so Lindsay was very smart and I think very business savvy to take these two things that people were recognizing she was using a lot herself and market them to her fans. This is something that basically every celebrity does now. And you don't even have to be as big as Lindsay was to release your own line, you know? Shay Mitchell from Pretty Little Liars has a luggage line called Bays. Blake Lively has Betty Buzz, which is non-alcoholic cocktails, I think. I just saw them at uh, Whole Foods the other day. Courtney Cox has Home Court, her extremely overpriced home cleaners and $60 candles. Her BFF Jennifer Aniston has Lola V, which is hair care. And let me tell you something. If Jennifer Aniston had become super famous later, like say Friends instead of starting in 94, say it started in 2004 and Jennifer was known for that Rachel haircut, Jennifer would have had a hair care line back then. 
you know like it just wasn't popular in the 90s for every single celebrity and every actress to have their own line of something but imagine if she had imagine if she had gotten into hair care back then when her hair was all the rage she would have been raking in the millions and millions and millions all these years from hair care right so it's like nowadays people actually kind of consider it to be foolish if you're famous and you don't use your fame to promote some kind of product right it's just par for the course but in 2007 2008 2009 when Lindsay was developing and releasing these products it really wasn't that common it was innovative for her and it was brave of her I think and interesting that she made this choice instead of fighting so hard with Hollywood like let me back in let me back in you know she was more like, okay, I want to focus on some of my other interests. And her other interests involved leggings and tanning. Which, like, same girl. And interestingly enough, looking back on articles and reviews of people who tried these products, by most accounts, they were actually good products. And they did decently in the market. But unfortunately, because trouble follows Lindsay around, they didn't work out, which we'll get into why and the other problem is that at this time, people just were writing off Lindsay left and right. They only would make fun of her. I mean, it was so hard to find people that were still on Lindsay's side. And like I said, because it wasn't that common for every actress and singer and whatever to also have a line of something, I think people were kind of like, what is she doing? Why isn't she acting? You know, she should be focusing on her sobriety. Why is she making a line of leggings? And if you don't believe me, here is a post that I found when Lindsay's leggings line was released in July of 2008. The headline says, leggings for whores. You know, because leggings are such a slutty product. <laughs> it says, I have to hand it to Hohan. She really thought about her day-to-day -day experiences while designing her new line of leggings. Take the model on the left. Built-in knee pads can really help a true slut out when she's in a jam. When you're in the back alley about to blow some cock for an eight ball, you don't have to worry about looking for a piece of cardboard to put down to protect your knees. She is a genius. I'm sure there's secret pockets in her leggings to hide a Coke baggie, the morning after pill, and a tube of KY. Hohan and her models invaded Robertson Boulevard yesterday to shoot her line of leggings. They really should have taken their ass to Santa Monica Boulevard because the only bitches that might buy those leggings are tranny hookers. Scratch that. They buy their shit at the local stripper store. What? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with this person? First of all, totally not here for the slut shaming. And I'm sorry if I offended anyone using the word tranny. I know that's not appropriate. But I just wanted to read that to show the contempt. Like the utter contempt that people had for Lindsay. I mean, she really was battling against the public in this time to be taken seriously on any level. So 6126 represents Marilyn Monroe's birthday of June 1st, 1926. The collection originated in summer 2008 with leggings only and then ended up actually doing pretty well. So it expanded into dresses, leather jackets, blazers, coats, mini skirts, pencil skirts, blouses, and corsets. It was also on track to then include a collection of handbags, shoes, and cosmetics that were supposed to be released in 2011, but unfortunately that didn't end up happening. Although I did see a bag online because this stuff is actually still available for resale on apps like Poshmark and Depop. I couldn't bring myself to actually buy anything, but I found a lot of it cute. Like I feel like 
leggings are kind of hard to mess up right but Lindsay did try different styles like that extremely rude person said she had some with knee pads she had some with like different designs she had shiny leggings which are so popular now from brands like Spanx and Carbon 38 but at the time you know it, they weren't as common and Lindsay put them out and I actually really like some of her shiny leggings so maybe I will end up uh buying them but I also saw a leather jacket on one of the resale apps that I really liked I saw a bag that was cute and I think Lindsay did a good job with this I really do the collection was sold at stores such as Neiman Marcus Nordstrom Bloomingdale's and of course Kim Kardashian's Dash Boutique by the way I know it was probably just because Kim was trying to get all the press that she possibly could around this time like we're in the era of desperate for fame Kim but she came out in defense of Lindsay pretty often like anytime there was something really bad being said about Lindsay in the press Kim would tweet something nice about her which yeah might just be an attention grab but it's you know she could have put out negativity and instead she decided to be kind to her and I think that that's really cool made me like Kim a little bit more. Lindsay's business partner Christy Kaler said that Lindsay was heavily involved in the process of designing choosing fabrics trims and buttons for the leggings collection she said she approves everything even down to invitations for our events after the 2010 Haiti earthquake 6126 donated all the sales from its fame leggings to save the children to benefit the victims and when asked about why she decided to release a line of leggings Lindsay said I wear leggings all the time <laughs> and none of them fit the way I want them to fit I've been particular about how they fit and how they're made like no one wants them too tight here puts hand on waist they pinch and give you love handles but you want your legs to look thinner when you're in them so there's a pair my favorite ones are the Olivia that literally just suck your legs in and you feel like you're losing weight but I wanted the leggings to be comfortable and wearable at night so I was like why not make ones that are perfect for me to wear I, I mean I honestly think this is kind of genius like I feel bad that this didn't work out because I love leggings I love wearing leggings to bed and she's right you want those like soft comfortable leggings that you can wear to bed but then you want like the tight capri leggings that suck you in when you go to the gym and then you want leggings that are like a little bit nicer if you want to dress them up and wear like heels and a leather jacket with it for a night out on the town I'm about to release my own leggings line or something because I don't know I just love this idea so as we're going to get into a little bit later Lindsay's life did start to spiral out of control again and she was in and out of court rehab jail etc so in 2011 6126 was not in a good place and Lindsay was sued for five million dollars by the manufacturer who made the clothing who alleged her ongoing legal troubles were the reason for the company's demise. The clothing company DNAM alleges that while the Starlet's leggings line initially enjoyed some success at department stores in 2010, buyers eventually began to pull back because they did not want to be associated with Lohan's drug-addled image. I mean, you can't blame them, you know? Not only did the buyers not want to be involved with a brand fronted by somebody that was going through that situation but also Lindsay was not available to promote the lines at all in fact we didn't see press tours for either of these lines which I think is kind of silly because I mean imagine how great Lindsay would have looked with a head-to-toe perfect tan on Letterman or something you know talking about it. I mean he would have made fun of her for having some frivolous tanning miss line but still you know it would have been great to see her out and about doing appearances but unfortunately that just wasn't in the cards so as I said, 6126 was originally launched in July 2008, and in April 2009, 
Lindsay released her line of tanning mists called 7-9, which is misspelled on purpose. Like, I hate when people misspell words for brand names. It's kind of like the Kardashian collection with the K. Like, it's the worst thing ever. I hate it. S-E-V-I-N-N-Y-N-E. It's like, and it's called 7-9 because those are Lindsay's favorite numbers. Like, okay. <laughs> like, what? So it was released in Sephora and on QVC on April 30th, 2009, and it was $35 for the Premier Tanning Spray. And again, Lindsay collaborated with her business partner, Christy Kaler, and her personal tanner, Lorit Simone, or Simon. I'm going to go with Simone because it sounds fancier. And they said, we made a gorgeous glow easy for all by developing and marketing 7.9 for Sephora and QVC. Actress Lindsay Lohan always sports a tan body with a golden glow, even though she naturally has a fair complexion. Both against any skin-damaging tanning techniques, celebrity airbrush tanner Lorit and Lindsay teamed up to make a luxurious tanning mist that was once only available to Lorit's celebrity clients. The dynamic duo also hopes to encourage men and women to stay out of the sun and cherish their skin and is giving a portion of the proceeds to skincare awareness charities. 7-9 is infused with goji berry extract known for its powerful antioxidant properties and Chardonnay extracts to help keep the skin hydrated. It is said to provide an even natural looking tan that is given in an easy to use environmentally friendly aerosol can. That sentence alone, that description is so ahead of its time. That's some shit that you would hear today. You know, all the extracts and environmentally friendly and blah blah blah. Like I'm telling you, Lindsay was ahead of the curve. Lindsay said, I have tried every tanning product on the market and worked with the best tanners in the business. When Lorit and I met, we thought it would be great to bring a quality product at a reasonable price to the market so everyone can enjoy a professional spray tan. They planned on expanding the tanning mist into many different beauty products. So again, Lindsay's ahead of the curve, you know, everyone freaking has a beauty line now. But unfortunately, that did not come to be because she was also sued over this. So there was this woman named Jennifer Sunday in Florida who claimed that she had developed this formula with Lorit Simone, who then stole it and released it with Lindsay. Do I have any idea if that's true or not? No. Of course, Lindsay responded over Twitter and said, no formula was stolen for 7-9. It's a woman looking for a payday. That's it. Christy Kaler also, of course, refuted the claims. But this woman, Jennifer, said that they had been trying to work out a, some type of deal to involve Jennifer in this. And then Lorit was just like, peace, and went and released this with Lindsay. And so they were seeking some of the profits that were being generated by the product because it actually was doing decently in Sephora stores. I read a review from DerekPlease.com. This person actually used the tanning lotion when it was released and said, my first ever Sephora purchase was the lotion version of the 7-9 self-tanner. It was awesome. It actually went on very dark so you could see where your tan would be. A little messy but cleaned off easily. You blended it in until it disappeared. A couple hours later, you were much more tan. I love that because when I'm doing the self-tanner, I hate when it goes on clear because you can't see what you've already done and then once it settles in hours later, you see the splotches and you're like, oh, damn it. So they continue, Lindsay and her business partner were accused of stealing the formula from someone else so Sephora removed it from stores. It's still available on eBay but my beauty genius friend Heather Mariana doesn't recommend self-tanners that are more than two years old. Girl, 
not even two years old, one year, okay? Because I once used an old self-tanner that I didn't realize how old it was. That was interesting. I was green. I was like a dark grayish green color. So that was fun. Loved that. So yes, do not buy 7.9 on eBay, but you could check out and see if you want something from 6126. So one of Lindsay's other interesting ventures that she did around this time was she was hired by Emmanuel Ungaro to be an artistic advisor for his spring 2010 collection, which I think is amazing. Ungaro is a legit high fashion house that a lot of celebrities wear on the red carpet and they have wonderful runway shows. And the fact that they asked Lindsay to work on a collection with them was huge. I'm sure she was completely geeking out. As I've said in other episodes, she really wanted to be a fashion girl. She was always popping up all over different fashion weeks. She had piles and piles and mountains of designer clothes. She really wanted to get into fashion in a legitimate way. She was expanding her 6126 line to have all different kinds of styles. And I think that this must have been a really exciting event for her but unfortunately she was completely trashed once again the collection was mocked endlessly and I want you to go right now and google the collection because I want you to see what I'm talking about I think this collection is so fun I think it's so bold it's very eighth grade like (laughs) I don't which I mean in a positive way like It's something that fun young girls would want to wear. There's a lot of hearts. They have these bandeau bras that have a sparkly heart in the middle. They have these dresses. I don't know how to explain them, but if you're looking at the picture, you you know what I'm talking about. One is hot pink and light pink, and the other one is black and white, and they have these like zigzag designs. It's a tube top mini dress. I think that is so cute. There are some shoes in the collection that are unique high heels. I don't know how else to describe it. I'm bad at describing this kind of stuff, but just go check the pictures out. You'll know what I mean. My favorite heels are the ones that have the kind of jagged, like the heel itself is jagged and is blue, green, and red. And then there's a different shade of blue covering her heel. And then there's pink, orange, and red on the rest of the straps. I think it's so cute. And I'm so happy that Lindsay was able to scratch her creative itch with this type of fashion line. It's really a great opportunity for her. And I feel horrible that she was so mocked for this. What'shot.com wrote, it was the gasp heard around the world, or in Paris at least, when Emmanuel Angaro debuted its spring 2010 collection designed by Estrella Arcs and Lindsay Lohan. Several weeks ago, the fashion house tapped La Lohan to join as an artistic advisor. This was her first. Now they put artistic advisor in quotes, right? Just to make fun of her, just to be like, oh, she's not really an artistic advisor. This is just for publicity. Lindsay didn't do anything. It's like, fuck off. This was her first collection co-designed with new design chief arcs. And the results were disastrous. Trashy dresses, heart-shaped nipple pasties, and sequined heart forehead stickers were just some of the highlights or lowlights. Apparently, fashion editors were so disgusted, they ran for the nearest exit as soon as the show ended. We wonder who they were designing for. Perhaps some of Lindsay's peers. But really, does anybody want to dress like that, really? Say really one more time, guys, by the way. Um... Yeah, 
I do want to dress like that. I think these dresses are cute. I would wear them, honestly. And I love the look of just the bandeau top with the heart in the middle and then jeans. I think that looks so freaking cute. And I like the heart pasties. Like the models are pulling them off. These are good models. They look great. Honestly, I really like this collection. I'm not kidding. I'm not saying it just because I love Lindsay. I don't even remember hearing about this, but I now I'm looking at it and I'm like, damn, you know, I mean, I'm sure Angaro's way too expensive for my ass, but I would buy some of this. Lindsay did an interview with the Sunday Times in the UK. They traveled to Paris to interview her at her hotel. And at the time, Ellen Von Unworth was taking pictures of Lindsay. Iconic. Ellen Von Unworth is one of my favorite photographers, especially when it comes to Britney and Lindsay. And... Christina Aguilera too. The person interviewing Lindsay says, the room looks like the aftermath of one of those home alone teen parties advertised on Facebook that then gets horribly out of hand. Chaos rules. Designer clothes are strewn everywhere, most of them from a sweep of the Emmanuel Angaro boutique that Lohan made upon her arrival in Paris, walking away with an estimated 90,000 euros worth of free clothes. Ugh. Yes, girl. See, like, ugh. Lindsay was still living the life at this point. Things are about to go downhill, but imagine flying to Paris to get shot by Ellen Von Unworth before you appear on the runway to present a collection that you just co-designed. And in between, you just get, oh, you know, 90,000 euros worth of free clothes. I mean, girl, what a fantasy. Shoes, makeup, jewelry, even a stray lampshade obscure the hotel carpet. Her passport is in here somewhere. She's been looking for it for days. Frankly, I'm surprised Lohan's got the energy to even raise a smile. It's been a trying week. She's in town for her new gig as artistic advisor to the once-revered house of Emmanuel Angaro. How much work that actually involved was revealed when her catwalk show was roundly drubbed by the fashion community the following day. As her new fashion sugar daddy, the CEO of Emmanuel Angaro, put it, they knifed us. Fashion sugar daddy? Is that necessary? Like, I don't know. I get what they mean because, oh, she's getting all these free clothes, but, like, she... She doesn't need a sugar daddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? At this point, Lindsay still has a good amount of money. Lohan brings notoriety, press, good and bad, and a worldwide audience to a house that has been on the skids for years. If that can be translated into sales, the brand's future could be secure. They won't reveal her pay package, saying only that it is quite enough. It's expensive. Given her unpredictability, it is also a risk. Her fragility, they say, has been factored in. It needs to be. To enter into Lindsay Lohan's orbit is to take a step into the unknown. People are so dramatic. Oh my god. <laughs> One of the most notorious young women of the age, the thrice rehabbed star, has crammed more hard living into her 23 years than your average Rolling Stone has in a lifetime. Modeling and acting since the age of three, she's better known these days for her cocaine busts, drunk driving offenses, and an intense love affair with the DJ Samantha Ronson. Her father, Michael, a former convict, accused her of being addicted to prescription pills and called for a public intervention. Her momager, Dina, defended her daughter, calling her a genius. <laughs> I love Dina! <laughs> Imagine like responding to claims that your daughter is on prescription pills made by your ex-husband and you're just like, no, she's a genius. Anyways, the big question for anyone interviewing her is, will she actually turn up? Lohan had already canceled several interviews during her stay in Paris. The day before our shoot, I'm told Lohan has been rushed to the hospital with food poisoning. Lindsay and her hospitalizations, man. 
The night before, she'd been to a Mario Testino party and was hanging out with Daphne Guinness. Despite her fragile state, confirmation of our meet and shoot finally comes through just before midnight. Around noon, Lohan makes it out of her room and into the hotel lobby, late, bizarrely, because she wanted to tidy up her suite before we arrived. Yes, our pictures are the aftershots. She's obviously tired and her wet hair suggests that she's just woken up, but she is here. Why would wet hair suggest that she's just woken up? To me, what hair suggests that you've just gotten out of the shower? So here's how they describe Lindsay. This is so cruel. I, You know what my biggest fear is? Sometimes I wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night that I will be profiled in a magazine like this and they'll be nice to me to my face and then I open it and they describe me in this strange way because these big magazine or newspaper profiles, they always describe celebrities in the strangest way. It's like you're not really giving me much insight into what it's like to be around this person. You're just being dramatic. So it says, wearing a ruched black Angaro mini dress, thigh-high boots, a sequined black beret, and a large Chanel scarf, she treated her 15-year-old sister Allie to a shopping spree there earlier in the week. The first thing you notice is how tiny she is and then what a large bosom she has. Her pale skin has been sprayed the color of a ginger snap biscuit, ginger snap biscuit, and the lines etched into her freckled forehead make her look at least 10 years older than she is. She orders an ice water in a voice honed by too many cigarettes and a lifetime of late nights. When she sniffs, which is often, she refers to her allergies. Despite all these signs of fatigue, she talks at a breakneck speed, racing through sentences and peppering them with California-isms. We know what they're suggesting there, right? I've always been really interested in, you know, the fashion industry, and I have a great appreciation for designers and all the work that goes into one piece of clothing and how expressive it can be. Of her role at Ingaro, she says, this is more personal to me. It is about who I am and what I want to say as a person through clothing. And then they asked her about the fashion show that she appeared on the runway at, and she said, it was such a surreal experience, and I think I was emotional probably for that entire week. But when we walked out, it was a good feeling. Then they asked her how she felt about all of the negative reviews of the collection. And she says, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. I didn't expect everyone to be completely loving the collection. It is the same with everything I have done. I knew that people were going to target me. I am a target. I don't know why I am, but I am and I accept that. I just don't pay attention to it. They write, if Lohan has any hope of making her new fashion career work, then she'll have to put the time in. I feel I am on the cusp of something new. I just need to be here more, she acknowledges. So does she have a plan? Oh God, she says in horror. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like to think ahead. <laughs> well, maybe you should, Lindsay. <laughs> you know? I love her. It's like Lindsay's one of those people that like despite all of her faults and like all the ridiculous things she says, I still love her. Like the more ridiculous a sentence is, I, I love her just more. Like it doesn't matter. Lindsay was also dabbling in some television. She did guest starring appearances on Ugly Betty, which was a huge show at the time, and also Project Runway in its sixth season, which Project Runway was huge and everybody was so obsessed with it. So these were two major moves in Lindsay's career and I think it was like baby steps getting back into working on TV shows and film and things like that and making people trust her again. So just as with every other project she's been on, the people from Ugly Betty and Project Runway had lots of nice things to say about Lindsay. So the creator of Ugly Betty, Silvio Horta, told Us Magazine, 
Lindsay was terrific, a pleasure. She came in early and was very pleasant. And I had never seen this show before, but of course I had to watch for Lindsay. And Lindsay is playing kind of like a Regina George, maybe not as vicious, but she's playing like a Regina type of Queen Bee character on the show. And she looks gorgeous, you know. Ugly Betty is a fashion related show. So I think it was right up Lindsay's alley. And it seems like she had a lot of fun with it. Tim Gunn from Project Runway said of Lindsay, I was surprised and pleased by how extremely knowledgeable about fashion and articulate Lindsay was. She's very young and can be portrayed in ways that aren't altogether flattering, and she was a true statesperson. <laughs> what? <laughs> statesperson. And really weighed in on the designers and what they were doing exceptionally well. It was really a thrill to have her. So that was incredibly positive for Lindsay. And then on July 19th, 2009 Lindsay's latest film Labor Pains was released now I mentioned in the last episode how she was on the set of this movie every day the previous summer in 2008 and this is when I think she was having a really good period with Samantha Bronson obviously we talked about how volatile the relationship would become and who knows what went on behind closed doors but it seemed like Lindsay had the stability of a solid relationship in her life at this time and Samantha was always visiting her on the set. Everyone who worked on this film had absolutely great things to say about Lindsay once again. So Labor Pains was supposed to be a theatrically released movie but it actually ended up going straight to TV, straight to ABC Family to be exact, which remember when ABC Family was Fox Family? Those were the days. And now it's not even ABC Family, isn't it? Is it Freeform now? According to the network, it was the week's top cable film among the coveted female demographic groups that were its target, and it drew in 2.1 million viewers, so it did pretty well. I think it was obviously disappointing for Lindsay that it didn't, that it wasn't released theatrically. It was kind of embarrassing, I think, especially at this time, you know, I mean, TV movies were, it, you know, it wasn't the parent trap. It wasn't Freaky Friday, and honestly, this movie is just a cute, silly little movie like I don't think that it's terrible but I don't think it's particularly memorable either so Lindsay plays a secretary named Thea who fakes a pregnancy at her office when she's about to get fired and then she realizes oh my gosh everybody is so much nicer to me and she has to keep switching out her big fake belly uh, a la Ilaria Baldwin allegedly um <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole can of worms I'm not going to open but if you know you know and then she has the dilemma of oh shit I'm not actually pregnant and everybody's going to realize that I don't have a child and she has a love interest in the movie who is played by Luke Kirby who later would go on to win an Emmy for playing Lenny Bruce on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel so my Maisel girls you know what I'm talking about he is hot I actually found myself enjoying their little silly love story in this movie and you know you are like oh my god she has to tell him she's not actually pregnant what is she gonna do you know what I mean it also starred Cheryl Hines and Chris Parnell and remember when I told you guys in a couple episodes ago that I wanted to read more reviews just from everyday people instead of critics because the critics were so brutal well I'm gonna do that for this movie because not only were the critics brutal but also there weren't a lot of critic reviews because it did go straight to television so this user Jim Akros posted a review and he said 
Many people hate Lindsay Lohan. That's a fact of life, and to a point, she brought this onto herself with her lifestyle and crazy tabloids. So she's easy prey for anyone looking for anything she does, which is less than great. This movie is much, much, much better than they will make you think it is. It is an average rom-com, on the weaker side, but not bad at all. I've seen dozens of worse rom-coms and even more worse movies that people will call acceptable, but they don't star Lindsay Lohan. Personally, I like Lindsay as an actress, and especially in this type of movie where she can walk through this material blindfolded. Yes, exactly. Like, that's one of the reasons why I wish that she had done something different at this time, because, like, this this is something that she could have done at age 12, like, with her eyes closed. But she's good at it, right? Like, it's enjoyable to see her in this type of movie. He continues, she just has a natural gift for this type of Disney-esque rom-com. She is also a doll. I don't like her tabloids, but this didn't bother me in enjoying the movie, especially at a time when one is bombarded with all kinds of silly monster alien robot movies. Such innocent cute movies are a breath of fresh air. I agree. That that review really sums it up. Like, that's how I feel about it. People said this was worse than it was because it was Lindsay and people were still kind of rooting against her. But it really is just a cute, harmless, little fun rom-com. And if you get the chance to watch it, watch it. I'm not going to say it's a must-see, but I think if you love Lindsay, you definitely should check it out because I think she was trying really hard to stay in the straight and narrow. And the movie was directed by Lara Shapiro. And I love that, continuing the tradition of Lindsay working with a lot of female directors. She said, Lindsay has incredible comedic instincts. She's such a natural and it's amazing to watch her bring things to life. The lightness and quickness she brings is just really fun to watch. They asked about Lindsay's baggage that she brings to the set and Shapiro says, I don't really worry about stuff like that. She's here, she's on time, and she's ready. I'm focused on what's happening in front of the camera and she's been great. Her co-star Cheryl Hines said a very simple and straight to the point comment about her, which is such a great compliment. And she just said, habitually, Lindsay achieves what to do in the first take. Amazing. Nobody would ever turn down working with somebody like that who achieves what to do in the first take. I, I do agree with that. Like, I think Lindsay is a natural. I mean, look at her in The Parent Trap. You know, we've already been over this. She just she just has it. The producer, Rick Schwartz, said, When the director yells action, you remember why she is a movie star. I want to find a role for her that crystallizes her career. I feel like I'm trying to spread the gospel of Lindsay. Same, Rick. <laughs> you and I are in the same boat. I feel like that's what I'm doing with my podcast. So as I said, Lindsay and Sam did break up in April of 2009. And if you want to know all of the drama and all of the craziness behind that, you'll have to listen to my previous episode. But they were seen together often for the rest of 2009 and 2010, really. However, because the breakup was so highly publicized and... Lindsay was definitely getting the short end of the stick in terms of how the media portrayed her, which is to say they just portrayed her as crazy and a mess and devastated and dumped and all that kind of stuff. Lindsay took it upon herself, it was her idea, to do a funnier die sketch that was kind of just making fun of the whole situation. And I think this was absolutely brilliant. I think it was the perfect move for her to do at this time because everything was just so dark and so serious. And she just lightened the whole thing up. The director of the sketch, Eric Apple, said that Lindsay reached out to Will Ferrell's manager on a Wednesday about shooting a spoof. By Thursday, the team was pitching her ideas. On Friday, they had a script completed and they filmed the one and a half minute clip in under two hours that Saturday. 
good for you, Lindsay. Like, let's move things along. Let's get this out. So it's a spoof of the videos that people make to put on their dating profiles. And I'll just let you guys listen to it. Hi, my name is Lindsay, and I'm searching for love. I'm recently single, I think, and I'm looking for someone who I can spend the rest of my life with, or at least the rest of my probation with. <laughs> a little bit about me. I'm an actress, a singer, an entrepreneur, and I have single-handedly kept 90% of all gossip websites in business. I would define my personality as uh, creative. I'm a bit of a night owl. I'm a workaholic, a shopaholic, and according to the state of California, an alcoholic, as well as a threat to all security guards if they work in hotels. And to put all those rumors to rest, I am not broke. I actually have over $400 in the bank and 20,000 Marlboro miles, which I'm very proud of. I'm looking for a compatible mate who likes a night out on the town, as long as he or she is driving, of course, <laughs> likes ankle monitoring bracelets, and doesn't have family members quick to issue restraining orders. The perfect mate loves long walks on the beach, car chases on the PCH, antiquing, and uh, passing out in Cadillac Escalades. So if you think you can handle a redhead with a little bit of sass, and by that I mean a redhead that's crazy, I mean, don't pretend like you don't know me. We've all read about it. We'll crash a few parties, a car or two, but at the end of the day, I promise you, I never lose my Google hits. Just my underwear. You can reach me at 612679, or you could find me on the cover of Us Weekly because I'm so alone. That is genuinely funny, right? And if you have been listening to this podcast series, you probably caught a lot of those little Easter eggs in there. It's very specific, right, about what Lindsay was going through at the time. And I just think it's really funny. It's so perfect that she decided to do something like this just to lighten everything up and show everyone that she could make fun of herself. And the director said that she was an absolute blast to work with. She brought her friends along, her mom and her sister, and she came in, did her thing, and was really professional. People forget that Lindsay's a good actress. There's so much attention to everything she does, but you forget this girl has really good comedic timing. I never forgot. That's why I'm doing this podcast, but I loved it. And also, Lindsay looks awesome in this ad. She has her red hair back. So beautiful. An interesting interview that Lindsay did around this time was in Interview Magazine. They had her on the cover once again, and supermodel Lauren Hutton was the person who interviewed her. Interview Magazine is always interesting, right? Like the pairings that they come up with. Lauren Hutton says, Living inside a fishbowl can make you nutty. What's been the hardest part of it for you? Lindsay says, you know what's hard? I want to give back. I want to do all the things that will make me feel fulfilled. But whenever I do those things, people think it's a press stunt or something because they do find me and there's really no way of hiding from that. And the second you complain about it, they say, well, this is what you wanted. So this is what you're going to get. That's all people see it as now. There are things I want to do and people don't understand that. You know, my car accident that I got into where I got my first charge, I wouldn't have been speeding up like I was if I didn't have people shoving cameras in my windows. Lauren says, you were running away? Lindsay replies, yeah, I was. I was running away from the paparazzi. Lauren says, who wouldn't be running away? It's scary. Lindsay replies, especially late at night when you're trying to turn a corner and then somebody else is speeding up alongside you. So, you know, it's okay for someone to chase me and then try to cut me off. So I ran my car into a tree. I mean, I know this guy was trying to do his job, but his job almost landed me half dead. <sighs> okay, Lindsay, you also were high on cocaine though. And you were drunk. So that may have contributed to you crashing into a tree. That's all I'm saying. I think that, you know, had this happened, 
and you had not been under the influence, you wouldn't have gotten charged, right? (laughs) Because they would have been able to prove this person is chasing you and you crash into a tree, right? Or even if they couldn't prove that, you know, you, you crashed into a tree, like you wouldn't have gotten charged for DUI in that case, right? Like that's why you got into so much trouble because you got multiple DUIs. But she just completely leaves that out of the interview. And of course, Lauren Hutton isn't going to bring it upon herself to challenge Lindsay. So Lauren just says, not only that, but they stand to make a lot more money at it if they've got pictures of you in a crashed car. But they didn't have, there are no pictures like that because who knows if the paparazzi were even involved with that particular accident. Like there aren't pictures of this. A lot of it was like mysterious as to what happened because remember I was talking about that in the rehab episode. I was like, oh, like she left her car there and then she went somewhere else and then she drove here. And that's like what happened. You know, it's like kind of unclear how that all came together. Lindsay says, exactly. So they're instigating and antagonizing you. All of them aren't bad, but I will tell you that I had one of these guys drive into the side of my car once. That's how I met my criminal defense attorney. (laughs) I am going to find a way to pepper that into casual conversation. Like if somebody mentions a nice restaurant, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there before. Love it. That's how I met my criminal defense attorney. You have to try the asparagus. Like I'm just going to keep talking and just drop that into the conversation and then keep going because that's what Lindsay does. She says, I think the guy who hit me wound up going to jail for a few days. I was not injured. I sprayed my ankle because the door hit me really hard. But I've sprained my ankle a lot of times before from soccer and dancing and ballet. So Lindsay will often contradict herself in like the same sentence. Like in this, she says, I was not injured. I sprained my ankle because the door hit me really hard. Just a lot of erratic, like defensive interviews from around this time. And you can't blame her. That's the thing. I mean, people did blame her, but like. Of course she's going to be erratic and defensive considering everything going on. Lauren says, you were a kid when you started working. And Lindsay replies, I wanted to be a movie star, but movie stars are not what they used to be. When I was a kid, I thought movie stars were men and women who were in these great films that we still look at now. But I don't think there are too many films coming out these days that we're going to look at in the future and say, this is one of the great ones. Like, what is a great film that I will tell my children about? Well, Lindsay, maybe Mean Girls? Like the movie that people are still obsessed with. Like, yeah, it's not From Here to Eternity or Casablanca. But like Mean Girls did exactly what you would want a movie that you released to do, right? Like who wouldn't want something that they made in their teens to still be remembered and quoted endlessly 20 years later? You know, like who wouldn't want that? That's the dream. So I would be remiss if I didn't mention this other thing that happened in 2009. I'm just going to say a few words, okay? If you know, you know. Click. Flash. Wow. For Narina. (laughs) Who remembers? You have to remember, right? So Lindsay got a job modeling for the Italian fashion brand For Narina. And the brand representative said... Young, beautiful, eclectic, with a great talent and a great personality, Lindsay Lohan immediately appeared as one of the few in the showbiz able to represent the glamorous style of For Narina. I love that they said the showbiz, like, ah, the showbiz, I'm a mamia. Um, I'm Italian, so I can I can say that. But <laughs> Lindsay's ads for the brand were normal. I mean, she looks great in them. But then she did this really weird, awkward commercial that was a CGI mess. Just go watch it on YouTube because I don't even know how to describe it. But Lindsay's just so awkward in it. And she's just like saying all these random words like, 
click, bounce, you know, it's like that type of thing. It was extremely panned by everybody. I mean, everyone just continued to make fun of her. It was called ghastly. The NY Times called it cheesy and disturbingly bizarre. I mean, it's just I had to mention it. I don't have, you know, a lot to say about it, but it was just one of those funny moments where it was like, what's going on with Lindsay's career right now? Like there's just so many random things happening. So early in 2009, it was reported that Lindsay was doing everything that she was supposed to do. She was doing her community service at the morgue. She was (laughs) iconic iconic she was on the straight and narrow right but on october 16 2009 her three-year probation sentence from 2007 was extended a year because she had to complete her required alcohol counseling now this is very important she was having trouble making it to all of her alcohol education classes she was supposed to go once a week and that wasn't really working out. So Lindsay was an hour and a half late to the hearing, which how do you let that happen? I mean, I know addiction is a disease, but Jesus, an hour, what was she doing? Like, <laughs> you know, come on, Lindsay. The judge was quoted as saying, if somebody doesn't hurry up and get here, I might kill someone. She should be here by now. Yeah. Yeah, she should be here by now. I don't know how professional it is for the judge to announce that she wants to kill somebody, but you know, this is Hollywood, right? So Lindsay's attorney at this time is Sean Chapman Holly, who had been a part of OJ Simpson's defense team. So Lindsay's thinking, this lady knows what she's doing. I'm going to be fine. And her lawyer explained to the judge that a miscommunication had occurred when Lindsay failed to notify instructors of her alcohol management class that she would be returning to class after she left the country for work. So Lindsay was supposed to go to these classes every single week, no matter what, like no excuses. Um, And if there was some reason why she couldn't attend, you know, you're supposed to be very formal about it. You have to like write a letter and submit it and get approved and all that kind of stuff. And Lindsay didn't do that. She was just like, oh, peace. I'm going out of the country. See you when I get back. Bye. And so the judge was like, "Mm, no, girl, this isn't working. So she said, I ordered you into court today because I wanted to speak to you directly. I don't want to get any more notices that you might be in violation of your probation again. No warrants where you're thumbing your nose at the court. The judge ordered Lohan to get prior court approval the next time she leaves L.A. for work and warned that any failure to comply with the terms of her probation could lead to jail time. Then she said, I'm rooting for you to successfully complete probation. The only word Lindsay said in court was yes when asked if she understood all of the proceedings. A progress review hearing was then set for December 15th of the same year. So Lindsay was an hour and a half late to court as I said and you know people took any opportunity to mock her and say that she was on drugs again or whatever but I actually think in 2008 and 9 do I think she was using I mean she probably was but I think that she was actually doing pretty well. Like she was managing it and she was completing all of this work that she did with Labor Pains, Ugly Betty, Project Runway, 796126. Like she was doing well, you know? She she even did that collection with Angaro. Like she had things going on in her life that did not revolve around drugs and alcohol. And she was doing everything right regarding her probation except for this issue with the alcohol education class. However, Michael Lohan was speaking to the press constantly constantly especially in late 2009 so he kept talking to the press and saying that Lindsay was on prescription medication that she was addicted to it that she was abusing it and that he wanted her to go to rehab he just kept saying like 
I want my daughter off prescription medication. That's it. If she goes to rehab and she stops using, I will stop talking about this. But until then, I will not stop talking about this. And I don't know, like, you have to consider what he's saying here, right? Because part of Lindsay's probation was drug testing. So, like, if she is passing her drug tests, then, and you can pass drug tests if you're on prescription meds, right? Like, even if you're abusing them, you can pass a drug test. So, like, yeah, she might not have been on cocaine or drinking when she took these drug tests, but maybe she was abusing prescription pills. Now, I'm not saying that he is the most reliable source, okay? I'm not. Like, he could have been lying, but I also don't think that it is it far-fetched to think that Lindsay was abusing prescription pills, you know? Dina would fight back on everything that he said all the time, and one of those statements read, Michael Lohan needs to focus on being a parent, paying child support, of which he is six months behind, and making up for all the years he was an absentee dad, and stop going on national television talking about his children publicly. Michael admits, look, I know that sometimes in the past I've said things I shouldn't have, but right now I have to help my child. I want my daughter off prescription medication. She never needed it in her life. I'm not going to watch my daughter die. Hate me now, but you would love me more later because I'm going to turn her life around. In November 2009, Michael released private tapes of phone recordings of Lindsay and she sounded extremely wasted in them she was slurring her words it's impossible or almost impossible to tell what she's saying there are captions on the video where she's saying that she needs help and she's crying her eyes out she sounds really pitiful she doesn't make a lot of sense and then she goes on to say no one cares about me it's about how they feel, not how I feel. It's not about me. It's never been about me unless I fight for it. Dina is also on the tape and is quoted as saying, Time is running out with this kid. I know. I'm her mother and I feel it and I'm scared. You don't even know what I'd go through trying to get her into rehab and stuff. She'd like punch me in the face, kick me out of the car. You don't know the shit I went through trying to get her an intervention by myself. It was very difficult. She's really sad and really hurt and really despondent. I told her not to go to LA at 18 and she did. I couldn't leave these other three to go get her and it was like a mess. So I actually haven't heard this tape. Like, I can't find it. If you can find it, um, I don't know if I even want to hear it. But people were kind of split on this. Some people were like, oh, this is pitiful. He's just looking for attention and fame. How can he release these personal things? You know, he's embarrassing Lindsay. And then other people were like, oh, shit. This actually seems like Michael is finally stepping up to the plate as a father. And he feels powerless. So the only way that he can get everybody's attention is to make these private things public. And try to get Lindsay off these drugs now of course Dina and Lindsay were denying that Lindsay is on drugs and they're saying these tapes are like years old why is he doing this why is he using these right now Lindsay's fine everything's fine so Michael said I admit I'm being a bit selfish in releasing the tapes but I'm tired of being lied about I'm tired of Dina and others making me out to be someone I'm not so now I'm going to prove to the world who the real liars are I don't feel that he has to say that you know what I mean like I feel like he's the type of person that even when he is trying to do something good he ends up like taking it too far and shooting himself in the foot Dina said the tapes were from a long time ago and for a father to stoop this low is unforgivable my husband has been in and out of jail for 10 years my children and I gave him a chance to get to know them again and he clearly blew that chance 
Michael responded and said, as far as Lindsay is concerned, if she goes into a rehab, I will stop. But if the lies continue and the prescription drug use doesn't stop, neither will I. To begin with, I have been trying for a year to help Lindsay with her problems privately through Lindsay, her mom, her attorney, and even her new attorney and the courts. I have the records to prove it, but when that didn't work and the calls I was getting from Dina and Lindsay needed immediate action, it was recommended for me to go public like Martin Sheen and others did in order to put pressure on Lindsay. I wasn't going to let people hear Dina's drunken rants about Lindsay, and I certainly wasn't going to let people hear anything about Lindsay. But now that Dina and Lindsay continue to lie and deny their problems and even make up stories about me, now you will see and hear Lindsay's calls and texts. I am not the liar, they are. Hopefully then they will realize how deceptive and in denial they are and finally realize that lying and denial are part of their addictions. I am sorry I had to take this route, but I have tried and tried to help Linz and I have been lied about long enough. So Michael kept his promise and he kept on releasing tapes and one of them actually is very interesting because Dina is on the phone with Michael and she says that Lindsay was dating Heath Ledger when he died. I don't know if you know that, but I know because I would drop her off and they were friends. Very, very close, okay? His death was a terrible shock and devastated Lindsay. Dina continued, because when she's drunk or takes an Adderall with it, she will do something like Heath Ledger did in a second without thinking. She cannot be alone. When she sleeps here, she sleeps with me. She has fears from being little and what you did to us. It's very easy for a rational person to say, but for an irrational person who has a problem with her DNA and alcohol and Adderall and asthma and every other thing she's got wrong with her. So I was shocked by that because I think we all thought that Mary-Kate Olsen was dating Heath Ledger at the time of his death. Now, it doesn't mean that he wasn't dating both of them. He could have been seeing multiple people, but Dina could also have made that up, but it was a private conversation with Michael. I mean, why would she make up that Heath and Lindsay were dating just to tell her husband that you know it's not like she said it publicly to the world this was leaked behind their back so I don't know pretty interesting to think about because can you imagine Lindsay and Heath being together and being two people that enjoy drugs and like I I can't I mean that that's heavy that's dark that's deep it's a lot to think about right so Lindsay ended 2009 by actually going to India to film a documentary about child trafficking over there. It's called Lindsay Lohan's Indian Journey, and it was released a few months later in 2010. When Lindsay left to make the documentary, she posted on Twitter, I'm going to make one of my lifelong dreams on my list of things to do in this lifetime. Wish me luck. I'll fill you guys in when I return to the USA. Soon after, she posted, Over 40 children saved so far within one day's work. This is what life is about. Doing this is a life worth living. Focusing on celebrities and lies is so disconcerting when we can be changing the world one child at a time. Count your blessings, she wrote. Please try and do something to make a difference to others. Trafficking is a big issue here. I'm doing what I can. So Lindsay got criticized for saying that she saved 40 children because like she did not personally save these children. But the thing is, it was really special that she did this. Like this was actually a really good documentary. It's on YouTube in full if you want to watch it. It is not for the faint of heart. It's extremely, extremely heartbreaking and devastating because child trafficking, I mean, yes, this happens in the United States and I think that we've all been warned about that. I mean, I'm always seeing people post like, oh, there's a new trafficking scam, not just child trafficking, but adult as well. Like women and men get kidnapped and, and trafficked. It, that does happen in the U.S. But at this time in India, 
uh, it, it seemed fairly commonplace for people to just send their kids off to be trafficked. Like it wasn't like they were kidnapping them in the middle of the night or something like that. It, there were actual parents that were like, yeah, take our kids and send them to a work camp because we actually have no money whatsoever. And they thought that their kids were treated decently. Like, I mean, I'm sure they knew it wasn't them staying at the Ritz-Carlton, but like they didn't think that it was as bad as it was. And so Lindsay is sitting and interviewing these, oh my gosh, these young people that don't even know how old they are. Like there's one little boy that doesn't even know how old he is. He just says that he's 15, but he doesn't actually know his real age. And there's no way that he's actually 15. Like he's clearly younger. Um, It's heartbreaking. There's several moments where Lindsay starts crying she's very sweet she connects with them it seems like she genuinely cares like this is not a publicity stunt you know and people accused her of doing it as a publicity stunt and I'm like if Lindsay wanted to do a publicity stunt don't you think that she would just like go out braless and be photographed or something you know what I mean like she can easily get publicity from doing anything don't you think that flying to India and actually going into these places and meeting with these people that's a little more effort (laughs) like you know than than people normally put in for a publicity stunt there's one scene in particular which is just so oh my goodness Lindsay interviews this young woman who was trafficked and when I say trafficking it's not all sex trafficking like some of it is just they work and they're given jobs and they're paid like extremely small amounts of money and treated horribly but this girl in particular was sex trafficked and she got pregnant after a month only a month working she gets pregnant she wanted to have an abortion they wouldn't let her she ended up having the baby and I mean it was just heartbreaking and then there was another younger even younger girl who was like sitting on Lindsay's lap and Lindsay starts crying and it's one of those things where we've all been in this scenario before where you just you're trying to hold back your tears because you're in front of somebody that you like you don't want them to see you cry but like it's just it's impossible at that point it's useless you're just you can't hold back your emotion and it's just kind of coming out of you that scene really affected me and it's so sweet because they don't speak the same language but they're still holding each other and the little girl is comforting Lindsay and Lindsay's like shocked and you could tell that she feels like she's like oh my god you know like like she's comforting me Like you're the one who was trafficked and you're comforting me because I can't keep it together. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It really is touching. The director of the film said that they were looking for a celebrity to do this documentary with because they wanted people to watch that wouldn't normally watch. And usually they have to reach out to celebrities and try to get them involved. But he actually met Lindsay at an event and Lindsay was the one who said to him, I want to be a part of what you're doing. Like, please, I really want to do it. And I believe that because she had been saying in the press for years that she wanted to like go to Iraq and do all of these different charity events and things like that. And she did do some work for charity, such as donating the proceeds of some of her tanning spray and leggings and stuff. But this was different because this was actually like, you know, she was in the trenches. Like she was in these group homes that are trying to rehab the lives of these young women and men and it's just so tragic and I I do applaud her for doing this but 
of course, people barely reported on it. Um, it premiered on the BBC and apparently it, it didn't have the highest rating. So people just like knocked Lindsay for it. And the weird thing is critics were like so hard on her for this. And it's so stupid. It's like this woman is just trying to like bring attention to something that is really, really important and has to stop. And you're criticizing her. Like, it's just so stupid to me. There was even this terrible person named Sam Wollaston from The Guardian who wrote this letter in first person as Lindsay. I'm not even going to read the whole thing. It's so pathetic and stupid, but I just want you guys to get a feel of like how hard Lindsay was trying to like get on the straight and narrow and do the right thing. And no matter what she did, she was endlessly mocked. So he wrote, Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay Lohan, and this is Lindsay Lohan's Indian Journey. India's like this crazy place in maybe Asia. The people are so cute and real skinny. Also, they're mad drivers like me. Maybe they all do tons of cocaine too. But this isn't about drugs or driving for once, or who I'm dating or not dating. It's about child trafficking, which is this massive issue out here. Some of these kids are sent to work when they're so young, which I can relate to because I started out working as a child model aged three and got into movies when I was 11. I can like so totally understand where these people are coming from. The rest of it is just despicable. And it's so, uh, it makes me mad because Lindsay actually does say that she has something in common with one of the young girls that was trafficked but she says that because the girl says that she wants to sing and dance and she likes performing and Lindsay's like oh we have that in common like it's really cute like it's a, it's a very sweet thing that she did this it's it's a good thing that she did this and you know what even if Lindsay didn't give a shit about these people which she clearly does she's sitting there like sobbing but even if she didn't care it doesn't matter because guess what? She did bring attention to the issue. I never saw this before. Like, I mean, I had some idea about trafficking in the world, not specifically India, but, you know, obviously I I know that this is a problem in our society and on our planet, right? But I never would have watched this. Like, I wasn't looking to watch a random child trafficking documentary, but I did turn it on. Why? Because Lindsay was in it. And that is the exact goal of these directors and producers. So I consider the film to be a success, and I do encourage you to watch it. Around this time, Lindsay did a bunch of controversial photo shoots. So there was one where she was posing like Jesus with a thorn crown on her head, holding her arms wide open. It's actually a beautiful picture of her, but obviously the Christian groups were not happy about that, honey. She did more photos where she was like in bed, like partially naked, looking drunk, like looking out of it with other people, you know, just like very overtly sexual pictures, her hands in her mouth and smoking and all that kind of stuff. And then there was one that I do find particularly like I do find it kind of distasteful and I can handle violence like I love Quentin Tarantino movies and shit like that like I don't think that he's wrong for making that type of stuff and I feel like this is exactly what Lindsay was going for like I do feel like she was trying to get in a movie with Quentin Tarantino around this time but she did this photo shoot with Tyler Shields who was of course known for controversial photo shoots and in the pictures she is in her underwear of course you know covered in fake blood she has a gun in her mouth there's one picture where she's shown choking Tyler I don't know I I don't love it. I just feel like posing with a gun is so... Like, she had already done that, first of all. I talked about that in the past. But these were even more edgy, I guess, because there was blood everywhere. And it just, you know, it felt like she was glamorizing violence against women, which is never good. And she was heavily criticized for it. And someone tweeted her, just like a random person, and said, try to keep it classy, not more softcore porn with some guy draped over you. 
And Lindsay replied and said that the shoot was actually tasteful, which it, it wasn't tasteful. Like that's the last thing it was. Even if you love the shoot, you can't possibly think that it's tasteful. You know what I mean? And Lindsay replied, it's not softcore porn, honey. It's called art. <laughs> There are some pictures of her that he took later on in the year where she's like wearing Minnie Mouse ears. And I actually think those are really cute and glamorous. I'm not saying that she has to like do the Disney thing and wear mini ears in order for me to like her. Like I'm fine with edgy photo shoots. I just feel like a gun in her mouth is a little, you know, especially considering her personal issues at the time. Like I just don't think that that was a good message to put out there, but that's just me. So remember when I said that Lindsay was having trouble attending all of her alcohol education classes? Not only did she miss some of the classes, but she also missed a court date to attend the Cannes Film Festival. And the reason that she was going to Cannes is because she was announcing a new movie that she was making. Now, as I've said many times, there are over a dozen films from this period of years that Lindsay was signed on for, supposed to do, that didn't work out. And one in particular was called Inferno, and it was supposed to be a biopic on Linda Lovelace. And it was highly publicized. Tyler Shields even did a photo shoot with Lindsay as Linda Lovelace, where she's laying on a bed with the Linda hair and everything. And there's like four men standing on the side of the bed about to unzip their pants like, you know. Again, very sexual. Um, it was also reported that Lindsay had agreed to appear full frontal nude in the movie. And, you know, Linda Lovelace was a famous porn star from the 1970s. So this was definitely kind of going along with Lindsay's edgier image that she had been representing, not only with her behavior, but her photo shoots and things like that. So she was super excited about this movie because it was a starring role that she could really dig her teeth into. It wasn't like labor pains, you know, just a little rom-com or something. This was something where she was really going to be able to like act her ass off and do all of these things that people had never seen her really do before. And so she was super excited about it. And I think that's why she blew off the court date and the classes. And one of the things that she was doing a lot in 2010 was doing interviews with the paparazzi, like on the side of the street or something like that. And she did one when she was actually at the airport about to leave for Cannes, where she invited a paparazzo into her car and just sat there and talked with him. Hi, Lindsay. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Good. Congratulations on your uh, movie role with Linda Lovelace. Thank you. I'm off to Cannes right now to um, announce the movie. Um, and we're having a dinner, and I'm very excited. So it's going to work more, which yeah. is um, good. I've been working a lot, but I like it. Um, and I just finished um, some more traffic school, so I've been in compliance, which is really good. And I, my court date is um, coming up this week. Good. Are you a little nervous about your court date, or do you think everything's going to work out fine with that? Um, I think, I mean, I've been in compliance more than ever, so, um, and I'm, I'm, it would take me about two and a half weeks to be finished completely. Um, so I, I think I think it should go well. Good, good. And what, what do you have to say to uh, people that doubt you and, and think your career is over? Do you, do you... Um, I feel like there's always people that are going to say certain things, so I just try to not acknowledge it. Sure. Um, I think a lot of it distracts from the fact that I got into this to be an actress and to um, be an entertainer on many different accounts. Um, but, I mean, I feel like the more that you welcome that kind of energy into your life, you know, the worse it is. It's, it's, I'd like to be positive as much as possible. How crazy is that? That she talked about this court date in this interview as if she was going to show up for it. <laughs> She's just like, yep, my court date is coming up. I've been in compliance. Everything is fine. 
everything was not fine. So on May 20th, her probation was revoked and a bench warrant was issued for her arrest. Apparently, she claimed that she was supposed to be home for the court date, but she couldn't get back because her passport was stolen. The judge set her bail at $100,000, which she paid and was released. On May 24th, she was fitted with another alcohol monitoring scram bracelet and ordered to refrain from drugs and alcohol and undergo random weekly drug testing as part of the conditions of her bail. She did this photo shoot with Ellen Von Unworth for GQ Germany in lingerie and she's wearing the bracelet in the photos like she can't take them off you know she can't take it off she's not allowed to take it off but the pictures are like strategically taken to avoid showing the bracelet it's so funny like this is a beautiful photo shoot I mean it really is my favorite is um this shot of Lindsay in the back of a car wearing this like black one piece that has all these crisscross designs on her midsection but some of the other pictures are just really funny because they'll be like a full body shot where you can see her whole body except one of her ankles (laughs) you know and then there is one picture where Lindsay is completely nude with just a guitar covering her body and you can see both of her ankles and one of her ankles is clearly poorly photoshopped like it doesn't even look like an ankle but I guess they had to photoshop out the scram bracelet and I actually think they should have left it in like I think she should have been like you know the way that she was um a couple years earlier when she was wearing the bracelet at that Polaroid beach house event and she was like posing with the surfboards and just like proudly with the scram bracelet I like that style more than erasing it you know embrace it girl like she could have been a positive example for people going through the same thing you know but unfortunately Lindsay's scram bracelet was lighting up like crazy at the MTV Movie Awards after party. So this means that she obviously violated her probation again. She had to have drank alcohol for this bracelet to go off. The judge could have chosen just to throw her in jail after that, but instead the judge allowed her to post new bail, which was now set at $200,000 so that Lindsay could remain free. And minutes after this, the bail was posted but Lindsay was still in trouble like she had to make sure that she would not violate the terms of her probation again so if the scram bracelet went off again it was likely that Lindsay would go to jail and she absolutely had to stay clean and sober at least until July 6th because she had another hearing that she had to attend so long story short one more bad move and Lindsay was going to jail Lindsay tweeted about this incident and said, My scram wasn't set off. It's physically impossible considering I've done nothing for it to go off. All of these false reports are absolutely wrong. This is all because of false accusation by tabloids and paparazzi. It is fucking disgusting. I've been more than in compliance and feeling great. So I read that the normal way, but there were a few misspellings and grammar errors in these tweets. So Lindsay made it to her hearing on July 6th and she went in front of the judge with a certain little design on her nails. She had these pastel rainbow nails and right on the middle finger it said fuck you. (laughs) And of course she was pictured holding her hand up to her face so that everybody could see that it said fuck you and she was sitting in front of the judge. So like that was so stupid. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Lindsay, come on. You're going to disrespect a judge like that. You're going to have fuck you on your nails for court. And of course, like, 
her lawyer defended her and said that the writing on her nails was so minuscule that you never would have been able to see it. The judge never would have seen it. So Lindsay didn't think anything of it except that they had a telephoto lens taking pictures of her. And so therefore it was captured, but she didn't do it to disrespect the judge. And it's like, hmm, maybe as a celebrity who's been chased down by paparazzi and followed and had many, many, many pictures taken of her with the telephoto lens, maybe Lindsay should have put two and two together and said, they're probably going to take high definition pictures of me (laughs) in court. You know, all eyes have been on me for years now. But of course, I don't know, maybe these things don't go through her mind. But whether she did it on purpose to disrespect the judge or she just in general was in a fuck you kind of mood and got those nails and didn't think the judge would see it, the world will never know. But Lindsay pled her case in front of the judge. And this was really serious. Lindsay was facing actual jail time, you know, not 84 minutes like she had served in the past, but she was facing actual jail time. And I think that Lindsay really did not think that she was going to get sentenced to jail and so she pleads her case the judge she starts crying explaining that she thought that she was doing everything that she was supposed to be doing and even though she missed classes she was trying to make them up and she thought that she was allowed to do that and if anybody had told her that she wasn't allowed to you know skip a couple weeks of classes and then to make up for it take like three in a week then she would have done something different but she didn't know I'll just let you listen to Lindsay explain it um I just wanted to take a minute to say that um, you know, I, as far as I knew, I was being in compliant with, um, my program, right on programs. Um, you know, when, when I would ask to leave town, they would give me permission to leave town. So that's all that I knew that was coming to me. I wasn't expecting, expecting any special treatment aside from the understanding that I have, I have to provide for myself. I have to work and my schedule, you know, unfortunately is very different and, they they were willing to work with me on that. That was the only kind of special treatment that, you know, if anything, they would give me is trying to kind of balance their schedules with mine, which I really appreciated. Um, having said that, I, I did do everything that I was told to do and did the best I could to, you know, balance jobs and showing up. I'm sorry. Absolutely. In terms of going more than once in a week, um, some people, I, I know that I was ordered to go once a week, um, and it wasn't, you know, I wasn't missing the classes, just hang out or do anything like that. I was working mostly in Morocco, the trip. I was working with children. It wasn't a vacation. It wasn't some sort of a joke. Um, and I respect her work. I've been taking it seriously. Um, and I appreciate that Right On Programs has done so much to help me finish early because um, I wanted to make sure that I would come back here making you happy and the court system and show that I meant everything I put into it. <laughs> and going more than once in a week, I would try to do that only because I, I knew I had to work the next week. I figured, and as far as I knew, they were okay with this and it was still in compliance that if I did three in a week or two in a week, then it would make up for the fact that if I had to work the next week, then that's why I wouldn't be there because I've already done them now. So I thought, as far as I knew, that was in compliance. Had I not known, had I been, you know, taken aside and told that in detail, then that would have been a different story. I'm not taking this as a joke. It's my life and it's my career and something I've worked for my entire life. And 
you know, I've learned from my experiences. I take responsibility for my actions. And I've tried to do the best I can in the past few weeks since I was here last, which is the only time I've been, you know, present in front of a judge in any of my situations in terms of this specific case. It's the only time I've actually, you know, and, I'm, and honestly, it did wake me up. Yes, of course it scared me. And it also confused me because I was there thinking that it was okay that I missed those classes. I felt, and I didn't, had I known differently, again, like I said, I would have taken it, you know, I would have made sure that I was in town each week and I would have balanced my work around that because I'd rather, you know, be working in the long run after all than dealing with this kind of thing for the rest of my life. I guess that's, I mean, really all I had to say. I, it's just been such a long haul and I don't want, I don't want you to think that I don't respect you and your terms because I really did think that I was doing what I was supposed to do and I mean that with all my heart. It's sad to hear her get emotional and stuff and to see her like that, but she is lying, right? Like, she has to be lying <laughs> to this judge because she didn't get approval to leave. That's the whole problem. If she had gotten the approval, they wouldn't even be standing there. So it, does she really expect the judge and the world to believe that somebody is screwing her over and lying and saying that she has approval when she doesn't and not telling her that she can't make up classes and things like that. No, most likely somebody wasn't doing that to her, right? So Lindsay gets sentenced to 90 days in jail. And I really think that she did not have any inclination that she would actually for real be going to jail. I mean, like I said, her defense attorney had worked on the O.J. Simpson case. And I think most people believe that O.J. Simpson was guilty. So, I mean, Lindsay's sitting there thinking, I have somebody that was on O.J.'s team working for me and he did something way worse than I did, you know, allegedly. And so you see the shock on Lindsay's face when they actually sentence her. And this is on YouTube if you want to check it out. And it was really sad, you know. I mean, everybody was laughing at her. And I mean, if you look at the comments on some of these blogs and posts, and I mean, people were vicious, vicious. Like people were like, yeah, go to jail, bitch. Like throw her in the slammer. I mean, it was really awful, you know, as if she had done something really, really unforgivable you know people were just awful to her and I mean look does she deserve some jail time I mean yeah you know she was driving under the influence multiple times she didn't kill anybody but she could have she could have hurt somebody really bad she could have ended her own life you know news just came out today that Anne Heche is not going to survive the accident she recently got into when she was under the influence and I mean that's so heartbreaking that could have easily been Lindsay or it could have been somebody that Lindsay hit she was very, very lucky that she only got away with 84 minutes in jail. And they asked her to comply with their terms of her probation, and she did not comply. It's as simple as that. So she was sentenced to 90 days in jail. And everybody knew that she wouldn't actually serve a solid 90 days, but still, still that's terrifying for Lindsay's. So not only was she sentenced to jail, but it was to be immediately followed by 90 days of inpatient rehab. And the judge could have sent Lindsay directly to jail after the hearing, like literally just leave the courtroom, get handcuffed, and go directly to jail to not collect $200. But she had enough grace to give Lindsay until July 20th to turn herself in and officially go to jail. Oh, you want to hear another really funny random thing about Lindsay's court appearance? Danny DeVito was there. I was just giving you a second. Danny DeVito was there. 
And no, he wasn't there to support Lindsay. He was minding his own business. Uh, he showed up because he had been called for jury duty. Everybody was like there filming and taking pictures. And he was like, whoa, like, wait, are, these people aren't here for me, right? Like, I mean, you know, Danny DeVito's a big star, but paparazzi don't exactly chase him down. And then he was informed that Lindsay was about to arrive and he was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> you know, but how funny. I mean, I is is the universe not the greatest comedian of all that Danny DeVito was there? Danny DeVito, I love your work. I mean, how, how perfect is that? Nothing, nothing could have been better than Danny DeVito being there, right? Also, because this is Lindsay, another crazy thing happened. She was served with legal papers for a civil lawsuit while she was in the courtroom elevator. And you know how it works when someone gets served with papers. You know, they, they come up to you wherever you are, like in public, you know, because if you get served, then you have to respond, right? So the process server said that Lindsay freaked out and told everybody around her to, to get him away from her. And he tried to hand Lindsay the papers, but she refused to take them. So he just dropped them on the floor by her feet. And under California law, generally a process server has done his job when he comes face to face with the person getting served. And she was being sued for failing to pay a bill of $17,000 that was for clothing and accessories from a store called Church. So... I mean, it just never ends. Like, what the hell? Just pay $17,000. Just pay it. And you know what? Remember how I said that Kim Kardashian was supporting Lindsay? I actually really appreciate this because everybody was being so cruel to her. Kim tweeted, at Lindsay Lohan, love you. Everyone, please send LL your sweet prayers. You never know when someone really needs it. I think that is a lovely thing to say. Michael Lohan was in the courtroom that day and after he left he made a statement saying I had a feeling that Lindsay might go to jail and I wanted to be there for her but I wanted to be there more importantly to submit the letter to the judge in hopes that she would just give her rehab which she did consider and I appreciate that but at the same time Lindsay is not a criminal she is a woman with a disease she really is she needs help she needs medical attention it's a horrible experience he says of course he has been to jail before, so he knows. 23 hours a day, she'll be locked up. I'm going to get her out of that cell as much as I can. So soon after this, Lindsay's lawyer quit. <laughs> she was just like, I can't handle this. But the judge refused to release the lawyer from the case. So Sean Holly just had to suck it up. And Michael actually commented and said, oh, you know, Lindsay probably just snapped at her and she got mad and left. And I'm just like, who would want to deal with all of this, though? Like, yes, I'm sitting here defending Lindsay. I do love her and I do think that, you know, I have valid reasons of why I defend her and stuff. But would I want to legally defend her in court? No. On all the gossip blogs, they do this thing where they'll name big celebrity events, which is a reference to Watergate, the whole Nixon scandal. This one was called, and at first they were just called like Britney Gate and Paris Gate and Lindsay Gate, but then, you know, multiple historical events happened with each of those women and you needed specific names for each one and one I saw for this specific incident is get in loser we're going to jail 2010 <laughs> but I personally prefer I mean my favorite is I know who jailed me <laughs> that's good I know who jailed me that's funny like I love Lindsay and this is not a funny scenario but like that's funny you can't deny comedy on July 7th, it was reported that Lindsay failed multiple drug tests. 
she was actually allowed to take the drugs that caused the positive results. She was prescribed them. One was an opiate that is a high-risk medication for addiction and dependence. So maybe don't prescribe Lindsay Lohan a high-risk for addiction and dependence medication. I mean, there's nothing else you can give her. Like, that pisses me off. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so whatever. It says that it can cause respiratory distress and death when taken in high doses or when combined with other substances, especially alcohol or other illicit drugs such as heroin or cocaine. Hmm. I wonder why we have such a horrible opioid crisis in this country. Come on. Lindsay is so lucky to be alive. She also failed the drug test because she was taking Adderall. And the report written about this says, The defendant indicates that she has been on the same prescription medication for as long as she can remember. What? For as long as she can remember? That's a long time. That's disturbing. So this lovely woman named Andrea Pizer wrote an article for the New York Post. And in response to Lindsay having the nail that said, fuck you, Andrea wrote, no, Lindsay, it's time for you to F yourself. Enough. Blubbering, bawling, mega boob, Lindsay Lohan doesn't deserve a speck of your sympathy or support, nor a dollop of respect. Honestly, maybe I'm just too empathetic. Like, I've been told before, I'll have empathy for, like, crazy people all the time or, you know, someone who's, like, killed somebody or something. And it's not me saying, oh, it's okay that they did that. Of course, I still think it's unconscionable, but I don't know. I just feel like everyone's a human being and people go through traumas that really mess up their brains. Some people are born with predisposition to addiction and trauma, such as Lindsay. And I just, I don't know. I, I can't really think of many people who don't deserve a speck of my sympathy or support nor a dollop of respect. I can't think of anybody that I would say that about. I don't know, Hitler? You know what I mean? Like, it has to be somebody so terrible and awful that you just can't even wrap your mind around having empathy for them in any way, you know? And Lindsay's far from Hitler. (laughs) I mean, it's just the the amount of um, vitriol that was thrown her way is so silly. She continues, What Linz desperately needs is a swift kick in the teeth, a foot in the backside, and a broom with which to clean up her many messes, which I would not touch with a full body condom. Charming, Andrea. She's finished. Over. Once she was a role model for young ladies, the fresh-faced child star who entered our living rooms and movie theaters with heaps of promise and every opportunity known to man and the creator. Now she poses a dangerous example to girls everywhere, proving that with enough money, fame, and drugs, one never has to take responsibility for one's behavior. That's weird because she was just sentenced to 90 days in jail. So I feel like it's kind of a good message to send to young girls like, hey, if you drink and drive... If you do coke and drive, you're going to go to jail, so don't do it. These days, she resembles something dragged in on the bottom of my shoe. Not really. Honestly, Lindsay was still looking gorgeous. Okay, maybe she wasn't the fresh-faced Katie Heron anymore, but, you know, she was looking a little tired, you know, but she was looking good. She's gorgeous. Give it a rest, Andrea. I don't like this lady. Even in LA, a town of second, third, and 23rd chances, the pathologically spoiled, drug-addled skank finally went too far, which is saying a lot in a place where a judge kissed up to girl beater Chris Brown and a jury actually freed O.J. Simpson. Uh, Drug-addled skank? I just, what's wrong with you, Andrea? Like, who hurt you? What's, you know, what happened? Because I, first of all, I never call another woman a skank or a slut or a whore or anything like that. Like, even if 
a, a woman slept with my husband or something, which I'm not even married, but if that happened, I still wouldn't even call her a whore. Like I would just, that's, I don't like that. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't feel like women need to say that about each other. It's actually like the Mean Girls quote from um, Tina Fey's character when she says, you have to stop calling each other sluts and whores. It just makes it seem like it's okay for men to do that. Lindsay has been running roughshod over drug drinking and driving laws almost as long as she's been alive, thumbing her nose at court-ordered counseling when, while blaming everyone, counselors, handlers, boy-girl lovers, even her miserable father for her epic failures as a sentient human. She did blame other people when she was pleading her case to the judge, that is true. As a final result, she came to court on Tuesday with her left middle fingernail stenciled with the height of obscenities. Fuck you. I don't, I wouldn't say fuck you is the height of obscenities. I really wouldn't. Fuck you is pretty standard. Which Lindsay aims squarely at the judge, spectators, and the planet in general. It should have been aimed squarely at Lindsay herself. Enough already. If Lindsay can't read, which is seriously in question, why is that in question? I don't, it, the early 2000s, and this is not even the early 2000s anymore, this is 2010, but during this era, it was so common to pile on a woman. Like, if a woman was a mess and on drugs, it's like, oh, she's a skank and she's an idiot. She can't read. She's brainless. She's a ditz. Like, it's just, <laughs> Lindsay never was, like, exceptionally stupid or anything. Like, she, you know, Paris Hilton, Jessica Simpson, even Brittany made some comments that were, like, very silly and stuff. But I feel like Lindsay didn't really have a lot of those, you know? She didn't have like a chicken of the sea moment. I suggest she get someone to recite for her the Department of Labor statistics that reveal that 54%, more than one in two of adults under age 25 are unemployed. That means lots of people of Lindsay's precise age would maim for a single day spent enjoying the perks and opportunities she routinely tosses away like yesterday's love interest. Do you not understand what addiction means, Andrea? Like... If Andrea was a man, I would say she has a small dick. I don't know what the equivalent is of that for women, but this has very tiny dick, like micro penis energy, this this whole article. If anyone out there doesn't know any addicts, or I mean, I've talked about this before. I have a lot of addicts in my family. Some are currently active addicts, you know. I have a family member who recently found a place to live, was homeless for a while, you know, this is someone that we've all helped a million times. None of us could give this person money again. It was just not going to help because at, at some point you're enabling, you know. And so this person was homeless for a while. It was it was devastating. It was heartbreaking. It's somebody I care about very deeply. But it, it doesn't matter that other people would kill for your job. That's not something that your addiction cares about. All your addiction cares about is I need to get high or I need to get drunk or I need to overeat. Or I need to go have sex right now. Or whatever, you know? You see my strange addiction, they eat the couch cushions. That's how sick addiction is. That people eat couch cushions, okay? And you're saying that she's, oh, she just tosses it away. No, she doesn't toss it away. Nobody wants to be an addict, okay? So yeah, some people want to party and have fun. And they also want the world to drift away when they get high. And they want to forget their pain and forget their problems. But nobody wants to be an addict. Nobody wants to be a mess. Nobody wants to be in court. Nobody wants to be crashing into a tree. This is not voluntary. I hate when people act like addicts are just so, you know, they're just so flaky. You know, they miss everything because they're always drunk. It's like they don't want that. It's like 
every day when they wake up and they're shaking because they have to take a drink in order to function, they're not saying, oh, I can't wait. This is so much fun. I love being reliant on this. <laughs> you know, this person is just so blind. All they see is a celebrity that's been handed everything and is just tossing it back. And that's not really the case. And I think that's one of the reasons why there was so much vitriol sent to Lindsay is because in this country especially, people just value fame and money over everything. It's like if you become famous, everything else in your life doesn't matter. You're famous. You're famous. You've done it. You've done it. You've reached the top of the mountain. Oh, you're rich? You can't complain about anything. Sorry. And while I acknowledge that it is better to cry in a beautiful mansion or a lush hotel suite rather than a shack or homeless on the street, I do not think money can buy you the things that Lindsay was trying to heal by self-medicating with drugs and alcohol. It can't, you know? It's just not possible. So I ask you to have empathy for Lindsay and Anne Heche, you know, people like that, that, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, Anne could have killed somebody else, you know. Of course she could have killed somebody else. Everybody knows that. No one's denying that it's wrong to drive under the influence. I said it myself. Lindsay deserved jail time. She did. And if Anne Heche had survived, she would also deserve jail time. But she didn't survive because this is a terrible, I mean, I'm about to like get emotional because, you know, I do, like I said, I know people who have been through this. I, I just feel like I totally get it. And I just ask you to not crack up laughing when you hear that Dina has got another DUI or something. You know, it's just, it's not funny. So I'm going to stop reading this because this is just hate and vitriol. Um, and I don't like it. Lindsay hired Robert Shapiro another extremely hotshot attorney famous for the oj simpson case and their collective goal was that she actually wouldn't have to go to jail she was hoping that this famous attorney could somehow finagle some kind of deal where Lindsay could go straight to rehab instead of prison Lindsay even went as far as to check into a rehab facility five days before she was scheduled to turn herself in and go to jail hoping that this would make them realize how serious she was about her sobriety. She actually showed up to the rehab facility with Samantha and her mother as well. And of course, it's not surprising that Dina would be there supporting her. But I think it was so big of Samantha to do that because with all of their issues and all of their problems, she still came through for Lindsay at this time. And I think that's really powerful and really meaningful. But unfortunately, the prosecutor was like, you were sentenced to jail. Like, you're not walking this back. I'm sorry. And I understand why, uh, obviously, like, Lindsay's going to try everything that she can to stay out of prison. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole debate of, like, sending addicts to jail versus prison and everything because that is so complex and I cannot even, it, it would take me an hour to discuss, like, all my thoughts on it. But I think at this point, the judge was like, you've gotten in trouble so many times and you've been in rehab multiple times. So it doesn't seem like that's working. And maybe if you actually serve some time in prison, you will understand that you cannot behave this way. The prosecutor even pointed out that the judge could have sentenced her to more time behind bars and that Lindsay was actually really lucky. Robert Shapiro made a statement and said, Miss Lohan is suffering from a disease that I am all too familiar with. Hopefully I can be of assistance to Miss Lohan and Judge Revel in implementing a treatment approach recommended by medical professionals for Miss Lohan's long-term recovery and sobriety. When he says he knows it all too well, his son actually passed away 
due to a combination of drinking alcohol and taking ecstasy. So Robert Shapiro, um, after that, started dedicating his career to helping others overcome their own addiction problems. So Lindsay left the rehab, and on July 20th, she officially surrendered. And the judge issued some restrictions, which was that the cameras had to stop rolling in the courtroom so that they wouldn't get her handcuffed and being taken into custody, which I'm so happy because... You know, even though Paris Hilton is not my favorite person, I I felt really horrible for her when those pictures came out of her, like, crying in the car on the way to jail. Because, like, they did take a picture of Lindsay on the way to jail, but she's just, like, in the car. She doesn't even... She looks just normal. But Paris was crying, and, you know, she was very much ugly crying and every time I see that I still feel really bad about it because I remember when that happened and everybody was just hysterically laughing at her like it was so funny like oh look at the poor little rich girl going to jail ha 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 and I really hate like I understand that you know life is really hard and you know it's hard to see rich people get everything they want all the time and have more and more money and more and more success but I hate people that are really bitter toward people like Paris Hilton or any rich celebrity or something you know I just feel like that kind of bitterness that is not good energy to have around ever so I think it was incredibly big of the judge to not allow cameras because I think an image of Lindsay Lohan teen idol award-winning actress icon of our generation being handcuffed and pulled into prison I mean that would have been on the cover of the post and you know it would have been a really big deal and everybody would have pointed and laughed at it and I'm just really really happy that the judge issued that restriction so yeah Lindsay served her time at the Linwood Correctional Facility and when she first got there they started getting 100 calls every hour because you know you can just like call the prison and say like can I please have prisoner Lindsay Lohan and so they were getting 100 calls an hour you want to hear who was in the cell next to her (laughs) Alexis Nyers I'm not kidding. The cell next to Lindsay's was Paris's old cell, and that was the one Alexis Nyers was in, which if you don't know who that is, please Google immediately. There is a clip from her reality show of her crying on the phone that you absolutely need to see. It is early 2000s pop culture gold. It really is. Um, She is one of the people who was a part of the bling ring, that group of teenagers that went around to celebrities' homes and stole all their stuff. Nyers went to jail specifically for burglarizing Orlando Bloom's house, but she also stole a watch from Lindsay. (laughs) So it was hilarious that she was in the cell right next to Lindsay. I mean, never a dull moment. Two days after she was incarcerated, Samantha showed up to visit Lindsay in jail. And again, I just, I, I adore that support. And this was one day after, get this, Dina visited, that's not unusual, right? With Allie. Lindsay's little sister, again, not unusual. And guess who the third person who came with them was? Lou Taylor. Yeah, I'm not making this up. So if you don't know Lou Taylor, Lou Taylor is one of the key players who is responsible for the conservatorship of Britney Spears. And I'm not going to get into like all the details of Lou Taylor, but she is a very sinister human being. I mean, clearly. There's no denying it. There's no... There's no defending her. It's very, I don't think anything in this world is black and white, especially abuse. But come on. I mean, it's hard to defend Lou Taylor. So how did Lou get involved with Lindsay? At this point, Brittany is already in her conservatorship. She's already been in it for about two years, right? And Lou Taylor is looking for another troubled young starlet to sink her teeth into and suck dry. This woman must have some kind of like uh, powers because she seems to con a lot of people 
into working with her. I actually think that she's probably just good at her job and that allows her to also con people. So she stepped in to help Lindsay and Dina with their financial matters. And at this time, Lou really had a positive image when it came to Brittany because she had publicly condemned Dr. Phil for trying to exploit Brittany. So everybody thought, oh, you know, she is on Brittany's side. She's not trying to exploit her. She's talking down to Dr. Phil for trying to do that. And people thought that Britney was really out of control and that Lou Taylor was one of the major reasons why the day was saved and Britney was taken care of now and her finances were taken care of. So she was thought of in a good light at this point. You know, it was like Sam Lefty was the villain and Adnan Galib and Kevin Federline, but Lou Taylor and Jamie Spears and Lynn Spears were all heroes. So then Michael Lohan comes out and says that Lou Taylor and Dina are trying to get Lindsay into a conservatorship. And he said that he was going to fight it every step of the way. Now, he didn't exactly disagree with Lindsay having a conservatorship, but he did not think that Lou Taylor should be in charge of it. And thank God. Isn't it crazy how sometimes the most unreliable jerk is right you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, Michael is is by all accounts, like he was an absent father. He was abusive toward Dina. You know, he he hid her in front of the kids and they had screaming fights and there were all these terrible things. And he kidnapped Lindsay from the courtroom when she was a little girl and like all this stuff that's like unconscionable. But every once in a while, you know, Michael comes through and you're just like, wait, wait, is that is that is that clown making sense? You know, and he was. Thank God. Michael told X-17, Since Dina and Lou are going to try to be co-conservators, I had a choice of fighting it or petitioning for the purpose of appointing two conservators who don't have an interest in Lindsay's money, but rather her as a person and human being. It is being worked on, and no, I will not be a conservator, but I will be damned if Lou Taylor, who has only known Lindsay for three months, or Dina, who can't handle herself or her own financial affairs, are co-conservators. I just want Lindsay's life and career to be guided by people who are in it with their hearts, not their hands. Now, this is very interesting, right? Because he's literally, he's not trying to be the conservator. He's, and if he's not the conservator, he's not getting money. So this seems genuine to me. Unless he was going to bring somebody else in that was going to secretly be giving him money under the table. I mean, look, I wouldn't rule anything out when it comes to these conservatorships and when it comes to Hollywood. This whole thing is on another planet. But I honestly think Michael was just being a concerned father who was like, who is this weirdo Bible thumping lady who is taking over my child's financial situation? And he's like, I'm not going to do it, but I know that they shouldn't be doing it. And of course I agree. So in 2021, when the Free Britney stuff started ramping up and more people started learning who Lou Taylor was and what she had done and her role in the whole thing, Michael started giving interviews because if someone wants to interview Michael, he's there. I mean, you don't have to meet a quote. You don't have to give him a gift bag. You don't have to provide a hotel or a flight or anything. He will just show up. He will literally give an interview on the street. He is ready. So, of course, he was ready to talk about it. And I will let him explain to you his experience with Lou Taylor. I mean, she went behind Lindsay's back and tried to, you know, tried to befriend Lindsay's mom, Adina, my ex-wife, the same way she did it with Britney's father. She does target the weakest link, so to speak. And of course, what better time to do it than when someone's in rehab to say that they have issues and they can't take care of themselves. When in fact, even when Lindsay was in rehab, she was in a place where she could take care of herself. 
how were you able to prevent them from getting her under conservatorship? Tri-Star Sports and Entertainment Group, how may I direct your call? You know, I wanted information and she couldn't provide that information and the information she did provide was kind of deflected and she went on to another subject so she didn't address those the questions I asked. You know, Lindsay was always first and foremost my daughter, and that's all that mattered to me. I, so I didn't have access to the finances. I never got a penny or wanted a penny. I just wanted her to be in a good place and surrounded by good people. The people that came around her and the friends and leading her in the wrong direction, you know, it was, it was hard. If they're a kid, you have to really keep an eye on them. Keep that leash as tight as you can. I can't get into my situation, but the truth will come out. The things they've done are really, really wrong and they can't face the truth. They're blinded by the money and that's horrible, but you know, it's, uh, that's between them and God. I mean, he is lying that he never cared about getting money from Lindsay because he did. I mean, it's, it's fact that he was trying to get half of all of the money that Dina had made managing Lindsay over the years, which you could say, oh, well, they were married, so he's entitled to it. But you could also say mm, he wasn't around and didn't do anything. So whatever. So he was trying to get money from Lindsay, but he wasn't trying to take over her entire life in order to get it. Like there's even a darkness that Michael Lohan cannot reach, you know, like Jamie Spears is in this stratosphere that even Michael Lohan as a wife beater and a, you know, person who abandoned his children he is not even in that league so this was too dark even for him and if Michael Lohan looks down on your choices as a father I would get help so Michael kept talking to the press about it he would say it's disturbing the co-conservators would be Dina and Lindsay's business manager Lou Taylor they're trying to get Lindsay out of the picture so they can get a conservatorship without her knowing they would literally control everything Lindsay does what projects she has coming up her finances and the people she sees and that includes keeping me out of her life I hope Lindsay hears this and realizes what they're trying to do I wanted a conservatorship for her so that I could weed out the bad people in her life the way Dina and Lou want to do it is to get a conservatorship line up a bunch of projects for Lindsay when she gets out of rehab make a lot of money off of them so they can control it and make their due now I personally don't think that Dina was conspiring like that with like I, I truly think that Dina has a good heart I know some of you guys are going to shut this off I don't care I, I really do believe Dina has a good heart. I just believe that she is an addict and she is like misguided and she can be a mess and she makes the wrong decisions sometimes and sometimes she has trouble taking care of herself. So, you know, I also do think she's a good mother though. So that's, that's addiction. You know what I mean? That's addiction. Like people are multifaceted and they can be complete messes, but also really great people. And I do think she has a good heart. I don't think that she had the sinister intentions of Lou Taylor. And it seems like at some point Dina was like, mm, we don't need to do this conservatorship with Lou, but that is all kind of it's very gray as to what happened. I'm not exactly sure, but in October, 2011, Lindsay fired Lou Taylor. A source, you know, I don't like to read sources, but just because this is such a crazy story and, you know, we're all curious. A source told TMZ that because Lou Taylor lives in Tennessee and manages Britney Spears, she can't spend the time on Lindsay, that Lindsay needs somebody to spend on her. When you have the life of Lindsay Lohan, you need a business manager who is on top of things. And Lou Taylor was very, very, very busy using Britney. Taking advantage of that sweet angel was a lot of work and took a lot of time. So thank God she did not get her claws into Lindsay the way that she did with Britney. On August 2nd, 2010, Lindsay was released from prison. Yay! 
Go, Lindsay. You did it. You only had to serve 13 days. You were sentenced to 90. I mean, you drove drunk multiple times. You crashed into a tree. You blew off your alcohol education classes. 13 days is not that bad, honestly. I mean, I'm sure it was still traumatizing and awful and demeaning and all that stuff. But look, you make your bed, you got to lie in it. And, you know, instead of people having a positive response to that like oh great she served her time hopefully now she can get on the straight and narrow people were like oh she's a piece of trash she should have stayed in there longer actually when I was googling what people were saying around this time one of the headlines I saw was Lindsay released only three months till the train wreck begins again and that made me so sad like just people having no faith you know imagine if you just you know you just saw that people had no faith in you like you just completed probably what was the hardest thing she's ever done in her life and she has three more months of rehab ahead of her and she sees that people just think oh well as soon as you get out of rehab it's going to be all that time spent trying to better yourself is just going to go right down the tubes and you're going to fail again you know I mean it's just it's awful and you know I bring up these things because I really want you guys to know what it was like around this time in pop culture if you don't remember or you know if you weren't paying as much attention it it really sucks like it really sucks for Lindsay there was just so much reporting on this entire situation her in jail her in rehab everything these reporters and journalists I use that word loosely they were getting down and dirty I mean they were really reporting on every little thing that they could and because Lindsay was behind bars it was like you know there wasn't the daily thing of her walking to her car for them all to say oh look how drunk she is or something you know what I mean so they really were digging up dirt and paying people off and trying to get all this information the amount of articles that I had to comb through to come up with this podcast episode I cannot even tell you I cannot even tell you it's insanity it's crazy so there's so much information from around this time and I am boiling it down to what I find the most interesting and here's one of the articles that I found now this is TMZ and I know I said I wasn't gonna read TMZ but I did of course and I'm gonna let you guys know and I always say take TMZ with a grain of salt I mean TMZ does have legitimate sources that's the thing is like sometimes you know there are so many celebrities that work directly with TMZ so a lot of the time their stories are true and then sometimes they're completely false and you know they're very vicious and I just don't like to promote them but I digress. So this article says Lindsay Lohan's Adderall dependence the result of a medical misdiagnosis may have been the reason she went off the rails. As we first reported the docs at the UCLA rehab facility believe Lindsay was misdiagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and then prescribed Adderall to treat the phantom affliction. Dr. Joe Haraziti, a prominent LA addiction specialist, tells TMZ, people who take Adderall when they don't need it can experience similar effects as people who use cocaine or methamphetamines. I'm not going to use this guy's last name because I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Let's just call him Dr. Joe. So Dr. Joe tells TMZ, people who unnecessarily take Adderall can display manic symptoms and often do things like driving around until all hours of the morning, smoking heavily, tweeting and texting all night long. They can become very impulsive. Now, of course, Lindsay was doing that, but who else did that make you think of? The sweet angel I mentioned earlier, Miss Brittany Jean Spears, living legend. I mean, that is exactly what she was talking about in the documentary, right? And for the record, she was like, you know, I would just drive around because I was going somewhere. You know, like she had to keep moving. She had to keep driving around. Like that, that is exactly what this is, right? I mean, it's it's so 
troubling. Dr. Joe also notes that people in this situation might then complain of insomnia and then take Ambien or sleep aids to help fall asleep. It's a vicious cycle. Yes, it is. And Lindsay very much has that vibe. Dr. Mark Kern, another addiction expert, tells us alcohol abuse is also very common among patients who take Adderall. The Adderall counteracts the sedative side effects of alcohol use, making these people often drink more than someone who does not take the drug. Well, of course. But this all makes perfect sense to me. It more sounds like what happened with Brittany, but it's very reminiscent of Lindsay too. So even though Lindsay was in and out of the slammer, she was still fashionable and glamorous. So she was on the cover of Vogue Italia in August. <laughs> Uh, as a brunette, and she was on the cover of Maxim as a blonde. And these photos in Maxim, gorgeous, stunning, stunning. There's actually one picture that is like one of my all-time favorite photos of Lindsay. I'm going to post it. Gorgeous spread. I'm sure they use some Photoshop and stuff, but it not, not to the point where it doesn't look like her. It's like she looks like herself and she looks gorgeous. So when Lindsay was released from jail on August 2nd, she had to go directly into rehab. Like this girl could not even stop at Dunkin' and get a cup of coffee and a donut. She had to go directly to the UCLA Neuropsychiatric Hospital. So this was not your average everyday rehab okay this was not promises she was not like laying on the beach and sitting by the pool having mocktails this was serious okay and so even though Lindsay was supposed to spend 90 days in rehab UCLA actually released her on August 25th was that the best decision I don't know <laughs> but ABC News as well as many other outlets reported that the doctors did discover that Lindsay does not suffer from ADHD or bipolar disorder and had been improperly prescribed Adderall and perhaps other medications. And I guess once they got her off of that and whatever else happened in that rehab, they were like, eh, she's good to go with caveats. So there was a new judge, Judge Fox, who imposed the following ground rules for Lindsay's probation. Now, this is what she had to do if she wanted to not be in jail and not be in rehab reside at home until further notice, which I guess just means like no big life changes, don't go on a big trip or anything like that, don't move across the country, etc. Random drug and alcohol testing had to take place twice a week, participate in psychotherapy a minimum of four days a week, attend behavior therapy sessions two times a week, and attend a 12-step program. So even though Lindsay was not in rehab, this is basically rehab, right? I mean, these are the kind of things that you do in rehab. You attend multiple therapy sessions, you have group, you focus on the 12-step program. You know, it's basically saying, okay, we're going to let you out, we're going to let you be free, but you're not totally free because you have to do these things. And the judge said that if Lindsay failed her drug and alcohol test, she would go directly to jail for 30 days. Her lawyer, Sean Chapman Hawley, said Lindsay is looking forward to beginning anew and having a productive life and schedule. In September, Lindsay appeared on the VMAs. Chelsea Handler was hosting and Lindsay did a little segment with her at the beginning, which I had absolutely no memory of this because this is the year that Lady Gaga showed up in the meat dress. I mean, do you remember anything else from that year except Lady Gaga saying, I never thought that Cher would be holding my meat purse? I mean, you know, if, if Lady Gaga shows up wearing raw meat, it, it doesn't even matter that you've recently been to rehab in jail. But I thought it was a great appearance because Lindsay once again made fun of herself, which I think was key at this point. You cannot take yourself too seriously when you're going through this type of thing because the public is just so tired of the drama at this point. You have to make them laugh. And I think she did. Hello, Chelsea. Hey, Lindsay. Have you been drinking? No. Really? Then why is your ankle bracelet going off, hmm? Oh, that just means that my table's ready at the Cheesecake Factory. Wake up, Handler! Pull it together! You're a mess! 
work with a drunk, take it from me. They don't. Okay, okay. You turned your life around. Maybe I can too. That's the spirit, kid. Now go get him. Thanks, Freckles. <laughs> Have a great show. <laughs> Lindsay was on the cover of the October 2010 issue of Vanity Fair looking absolutely gorgeous. This is the best that she has looked in a really long time at this point. And you guys know I love her anyway. You know I just said that she did that Maxim cover and looked amazing. But this was different. This was an extremely classy photo shoot. And this was important for her image at the time, I think, because, you know, most of her photo shoots had her looking really, like, messy and desperate. You know, she was, like, half naked in all of them. She was draped across a bed. She always had her fingers in her mouth, which drives me insane. She was always smoking, you know. She's always, like, biting her lip. And a lot of them she looked dazed and high. And, you know, it just, it wasn't a good look. And this photo shoot, please Google right now, Lindsay Lohan. October 2010 Vanity Fair. Oh my God. Grace Kelly come to life. Actually, you know what? I know it was inspired by Grace Kelly, but you know what this is giving? It's giving Meredith from Parent Trap. She looks very rich. She looks very bitchy. She looks like she's about to find the richest man she can and take him for all he's worth. And I love that. That's one of my favorite Lindsay's. And by the way, I mean, I think we all, you know, as kids, we didn't really realize it. But now that I'm older... I don't even consider Meredith a gold digger, honestly, because when I when I think of a gold digger, I think of like an old decrepit man who has this like 20 year old wife. Meredith went after the hottest guy who's ever owned a vineyard, which is Dennis Quaid. I really don't blame her. But anyway, so it says that this woman interviewed Lindsay a week before surrendering and going to jail. And Lindsay said the jail time was a shock to her. I was just thrown, she said, in her distinctive, sexy, smoky voice, a voice that could only belong to Lindsay Lohan, American actress and international tabloid obsession. I was under the assumption that it was going to be a progress report type hearing. I had no idea that it was going to be anything like a trial. But somehow everyone else did. For weeks before her July 6 hearing, speculation was running high that Lindsay was going to be sent to jail. Even President Obama being quizzed by the ladies on The View a week after Lindsay started her jail term on July 20th admitted he was aware of her predicament. I'm sorry. Imagine having the president of the United States on your talk show and you ask him if he has heard about Lindsay Lohan's jail time. You know, I have a few other questions for President Obama. Like, I, there's other things I feel that are more pressing I would like to discuss with him than Lindsay. But hey, maybe I'm different than others. So she writes, Lindsay seemed baffled that she couldn't just reschedule her alcohol education classes on her own time. I have to support myself, she told me, explaining her absences, all of which she claimed to have made up. I have to pay for my apartment. I have to pay for food. People root for me and say they want me to work, but then everyone's against me. So if you actually watch Lindsay Lohan getting sentenced, the judge literally says to her, the court is not buying it at this point. Like the judge is just straight up like you are lying and you can't get away with this anymore. So you're going to jail. Nancy Jo Sales described Lindsay as looking fatigued and drawn, stunned and maybe a little scared. Her dyed platinum blonde hair was pulled back in a ponytail. She was very thin, wearing a white t-shirt and ripped jean shorts. A pair of Ugg boots covered the scram bracelet strapped to her left ankle. It looked as if she had something done to her lips, which appeared puffy and swollen. Look, if I'm going to jail, I do want to look good, at least. You don't want to feel as disgusting as you probably should feel in jail, you know? Like, if you can at least, like, when you catch your reflection in some broken, tiny little mirror... You, you know, you have nice lips. I mean, 
Whatever makes you happy. <laughs> she continues, her legs were spray tanned to an unnatural sienna. Her arm was full of bracelets, one of which she said softly had been given to her by Samantha. Lindsay looked a little raw, and yet shining through her worry and stress and whatever else was currently affecting her mood was her all-American beauty, finer and more delicate in person than in pictures. She still looked like a movie star. She smelled of cigarettes and exotic perfume. I don't care what anyone says, she told me when we started talking about how her troubles had become a subject of such lurid fascination. I know that I'm a damn good actress, and it's been my passion since I was a child, and I know that when I care about something, I put 100% and more into it, and I know that in my past, I was young and irresponsible, but that's what growing up is. You learn from your mistakes, and I'm not getting any younger, she said, flashing her luminous, wide-set green eyes. She had turned 24 on July 2nd. I want my career back. I want the respect that I had when I was doing great movies. And if that takes not going out to a club at night, then so be it. And then they get into everything that happened that we've already been through. Lindsay claims that she's a completely different person now and everything happens for a reason. And she did say, I'm grateful that I can learn younger in life. So at this point, she's saying all of that is behind me. I'm going to go to jail and I'm a different person now. So everything's going to be fine once I get out. These were my college years, she said, accounting for her behavior, but they were in the public eye. I was irresponsible. I was experimenting. I was doing certain things that people do 10 times more of when they're in college, and I'm not making excuses. But you are a little, you know. I mean, yes, it, these are her college years, and I think most of us are really happy that our college years were not televised. But also, I, I didn't crash into a tree ever during college and I went to college for five years <laughs> I switched colleges three times you know I I was trying to get my act together but I never cat I never crash into a tree you know I think she should just tell these reporters like I am an addict I have a disease period like the way that they ask her questions to kind of make her explain these things as if she doesn't just have an addiction like just saying I have an addiction I am an addict that explains this whole thing <laughs> you know like her behavior isn't incomprehensible it's not unbelievable it's what happens to addicts it's just so sad that she has to consistently go through this you know what is funny about this article so remember how in the first episode, I talked about how Dina Lohan had always claimed that she was a Rockette. And this was something that Lindsay would talk about a lot, you know, because people are always asking you, how did you get into show business? Are your parents into it? Whatever. And Lindsay would be like, yeah, my mom is a Rockette. And then apparently at some point, people investigated this and found out that there was no record of Dina ever being a Rockette. I would love to know the intern that was like thumbing through the files in the basement of Radio City Music Hall, like crying, like, why is this my life? And so in this article, it says, Lindsay's mother, Dina, a former understudy for the Rockettes. <laughs> so now it's understudy. <laughs> I think Dina was phasing out the lie. Do you ever do that? <laughs> I feel like I've had friends that have done that. Like they would, they would say something that was kind of unbelievable, but I would just kind of shrug and be like, oh, whatever. And then a few months later, it, you know, they dial it down a little bit and then they just stop mentioning it completely, which I think has happened at this point. The thing I don't really like about this article is they quote all of these people, but they don't say who they are. So like it'll say, Lindsay always had insomnia, said one of her friends. I would always tell her, stay in, watch a movie. She's afraid if she doesn't go somewhere, she'll miss something or people will forget about her. And then there's another quote that says it's from a former boyfriend, but they don't name names. I mean, I guess because it's Vanity Fair, people believed it because it was like, oh, it's Vanity Fair. They're not going to just make up some quote. But also like, 
who are these people? You know, what former boyfriend? Is it Wilmer Valderrama? Is it Kowloon Best? Like, who is it? You know, I mean, I feel like knowing names would give the kind of context and perspective that you need in order to get the full story. Lindsay says, I was going out almost every night because I just thought, oh, that's what people do. And everyone I knew was going out. So like, what was I going to do? Sit home by myself? So that's why it became okay. It became like a routine. Yeah, I mean, you could sit home by yourself. I did this last night. I came home from work. I thought I was going to die. I was so exhausted. I turned on a reality show. I took an edible. I ordered Chinese food. I ate it and I passed out on the couch. It was so exciting. Like, I loved it. I was actually like when I was waiting for my food to come, I thought I was going to cry. I was so excited. You know, you don't have to go to hide every single night. You don't have to go to Le Do or Teddy's or whatever it is. You can just stay home. You know, let Nicole Richie go out. I, you know, I don't need, you know, I know that somewhere in Hollywood, young stars are partying and I'm happy for them, but I don't, <laughs> I don't need that. So there's a lot of interesting stuff in this article, but I don't have the time to read it all, obviously. So please go read it because it is a good article. It's interesting. You can kind of connect the dots and guess who these sources are that they have interviewed. But I find this part really funny and really interesting. So regarding Lindsay being uninsurable, Lindsay said, that's not true. I just did machete and everything was fine. But that was before she got sent to jail. A successful young producer said that he was having dinner recently at the Chateau Marmont along with a famous writer and an Oscar winning director when Lindsay appeared out of nowhere and plopped down in an empty chair at the table. She was networking, he said. It seemed like an act of desperation. None of us knew her. Really? You didn't know her at all? You've never heard of Lindsay Lohan? You're a successful young producer in an industry that Lindsay used to dominate and you don't know who she is. None of us knew her. I don't believe that. I'm sorry. I really don't. That's so ridiculous. And I actually love Lindsay for this, right? Like she is taking opportunities where she can. She sees a famous director sitting in the Chateau Marmont. She lives there. She's like going to sit down and be like, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> you know, I don't blame her. I don't blame her because I am an actress too. And, you know, I mean, you know that show Kathy Griffin, My Life on the D-List? I'm, like, way below that. <laughs> but I totally get it. Like, I'm not outgoing like that. I can't just – if I see a famous director, I cannot just sit down and be like, hi, hire me. But I really admire that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she might be desperate, but who cares? The, the people that are crazy enough to do shit like that in Hollywood are the people that actually get the jobs. It's the most annoying people that you're like, oh, they're never going to make it. And then, you know, three weeks later, you see them on a billboard. It's like, what happened, you know? <laughs> Regarding what I just said about all of these sources, uh, Nancy wrote, I talked to a lot of people about Lindsay, none of whom would agree to let me quote them by name, cowards. She's Hollywood kryptonite right now, said a movie publicist. No one wants their name mentioned in the same breath as hers. But I still didn't feel like I really got to know Lindsay. I felt like the reporter at the end of Citizen Kane. <laughs> was Lindsay just another child star tragedy? A girl who was supposed to be Jodie Foster but went the way of, God forbid, Corey Haim? R.I.P. Corey Haim, by the way. He got the, he, oh my God. I could do a whole podcast on Corey Haim. Welcome to the Corey Haim cast because I will, <laughs> I will defend him. I cannot think of a celebrity who got a worse shake at it. Honestly, I love Corey Haim. He was so talented, that movie Lucas. Oh my God. I feel for him so much. Anyway, I'll, I'll stop, but just, if, if you want a Corey Haim episode, DM me, because I will do that in a heartbeat. Was there anybody to blame for the trouble she was in except herself? Was she just spoiled or in badly need of help? I mean, you guys know how I feel about this. Of course there's other people to blame. Their names are Dina and Michael, and you know, you know that I defend Dina forever, but like, 
it's not even like their fault, honestly, in some ways, right? It's like they are just they are just this like firestorm of trauma that cannot stop. It's like a cyclone. It's like once it's once you see it spinning, it's too late. So unfortunately, on September 17th, Lindsay failed one of her random drug tests and she was honest about it. She posted on Twitter and said, regrettably, I did in fact fail my most recent drug test. And if I am asked, I am prepared to appear before Judge Fox next week as a result. Substance abuse is a disease which unfortunately doesn't go away overnight. I am working hard to overcome it and I'm taking positive steps forward every day. I am testing every single day and doing what I must do to prevent any mishaps in the future. This was certainly a setback for me, but I am taking responsibility for my actions and I'm prepared to face the consequences. I am so thankful for the support of my fans, loved ones, and immediate family who understand that I am trying hard, but also that I am a work in progress just as anyone else. I am keeping my faith and I am hopeful. Thank you all. On September 20th, Lindsay's probation was revoked and a bench warrant was issued for her arrest and on September 28th, Lindsay entered rehab for the fifth time. And on October 22nd, Judge Fox ordered Lindsay to remain in rehab until January 3rd. And she did. There were a lot of reports that she was trying to get out of rehab earlier and that she was like begging her attorneys to figure something out to get her out sooner because she felt that it was killing her career. She really wanted to get back to work. TMZ obtained probation department documents that stated the defendant says her clothing line is falling apart because she is not available to monitor the product. Although Lindsay says she thinks rehab has been a positive experience, the person who wrote the report says she needs to continue to work on her issues in order to save her life. And I believe I said this earlier that she spent a lot of time in rehab sketching out designs for 6126, which I actually think is really smart and a good way to keep the creativity flowing when you're in rehab. And you know, at that point, she needed to hire a team of people to take care of it for her while she was in there. But maybe she couldn't afford that. Maybe the company couldn't afford that. I don't know. But Lindsay was in Betty Ford this time. And apparently her bill was going to be over 50K. And so there were all of these reports that Lindsay was completely broke at this point and that she couldn't afford the 50K bill. And they were trying to work with her to, you know, have some type of like payment plan. Um, it was rumored that she was looking for a donor or a sponsor to pay it. And so she starts receiving all kinds of ridiculous offers. Like speaking of D-list, like she got a lot of offers to do like the most random things. Like PETA offered to pay $20,000 of the 50K fee if she became a vegan publicly. Dancing with the Stars had reached out multiple times. And Dina claims that Lindsay turned it down. But then there were also some reports that they eventually said that it wouldn't be good for advertisers like people wouldn't want to advertise if Lindsay Lohan was on the show because you know she's so scandalous you know god forbid the Christian groups get in a tizzy. Playboy had been after her for a while and they kept raising the amount they were going to pay her. Regular playmates like not famous girls that just apply to be playmates they would get $25,000 for appearing in the magazine and being a playmate of the month but celebrities got much bigger paydays because Hugh Hefner was like obsessed with fame and celebrities and he would do anything to be associated with famous people. And so you could make up to like a million dollars or more doing Playboy if you were a celebrity. And so they offered Lindsay a rumored $1 million to appear in Playboy post rehab, which was higher than their previous offer, which was $900,000. Still pretty damn good. Hard to turn down when you can't pay your rehab bill. 
So Dina claimed that the Betty Ford Center was like above and beyond all the other rehabs. And I'm wondering if like they knocked a few thousand off the price because Dina was really, you know, saying like, look, all the other rehabs were good, but this one has really changed her. And she said, as a mother, it wasn't for me to come and tell the world about her problem. I wasn't in denial. It was for her to come to her evolution. As a mother, we protect. And now I'm happy and relieved myself. We take it one day at a time. Addiction is difficult. She's so public that I think we can only be positive and look to the future to help other families. Being so young can only help her sobriety in the future. And she's right. Look, I mean, Lindsay at her age now. What is she, like 36? I can't remember how old Lindsay is right now. (laughs) When was she born? (laughs) 1986, right? Okay. You know, she seems clean and sober. She seems like she's doing amazing. And yes, there's always a chance of relapse when you're an addict. But I I think Lindsay's on a good path now. It was not fully smooth sailing, though, because on December 12th, according to the Palm Desert Police Department, Lindsay had been accused of attacking a staffer at the Betty Ford Clinic after she asked the star to submit to a drug and alcohol test. The incident involved Lindsay and another female adult who was a staff member at the location, says a police spokesman. Lohan was reported as the suspect in the investigation and the victim desired prosecution. The incident is being investigated as a misdemeanor, not committed in the presence of a peace officer. Therefore, no one was arrested at the scene. The investigation is currently ongoing. Upon completion of the investigation, reports will be forwarded to the district attorney's office to determine if charges will be filed in the case. This was an extremely big deal because Judge Fox had previously threatened to send Lindsay back to jail for up to six months if she screwed up while on probation. So assaulting someone you know, you can file that under screwing up for sure. So, um, you know, Lindsay had less than a month to go in rehab and I guess she just lost her damn mind and shoved this woman or something. We don't really know what happened because this woman really wanted to press charges against Lindsay, but I think she got paid off because all of a sudden, like right around Christmas, she was suddenly like, oh no, it's fine. She was like, it's, don't worry about it. And I mean, that just screams payoff. Apparently this drama unfolded when Lindsay arrived back to the Betty Ford Clinic 10 minutes after her curfew. And so this staff member was, quote, unfairly scolding Lindsay about the situation and demanded the actress take a drug alcohol test right on the spot. And apparently it was a very heated exchange. Um, And Lindsay claimed that this woman put her hands on her first And then Lindsay said, take your hands off me and pushed her. Which like, yeah, if someone grabs you, I don't think that it's a terrible thing to push them. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, if you touch me, I feel like all bets are off. Like, I'm not going to murder you. But like, if you put your hands on me, I'm pushing you away. The woman was then revealed to be chemical technician Dawn Holland. And Holland said, Lindsay and two other patients had snuck out, went drinking and tried to sneak back in and they got caught. We were told by our administration on call to do a breathalyzer test, which she refused to do. She was angry and out of control. Lindsay kept yelling and cursing and screaming even as she was on the phone calling the police. Then she tried to snatch the phone from out of my arm. She grabbed my wrist and twisted my arm and my hand to get the phone. She was the only patient out of the three who was being very uncooperative and out of control. I did not touch the woman. I am not willing to risk my job over any patient. So basically, you know, it's Lindsay's word against this woman's. I don't know where the witnesses were or or what, but um, 
you know, Lindsay claims she put her hands on me first. This woman claims I didn't touch her. Michael came out in defense of his daughter and said, it's important to note that Lindsay's sobriety has not been affected in any way and her resolve to beat her addictions is stronger than ever. If she had violated any rule in any way, she wouldn't be getting out on January 3rd, nor would she have a spotless record at the Betty Ford Center, which I mean, this is kind of like a delusional statement, but also um, he does kind of have a point, right? Because like, it's not like she got penalized at Betty Ford. So I'm just wondering like what happened after this? Like did Lindsay just like go to bed? What happened after that? Like Lindsay refused to take a breathalyzer from this woman allegedly. So then aren't there other staff members there being like Lindsay I'm so sorry but I have to test you right now. You know because and then if Lindsay still wouldn't let them isn't that her violating her probation because she's been ordered to take these drug and alcohol tests. So if she refuses that's violating her probation and literally the judge could throw her in jail like the next day for that. So I don't really understand exactly how it continued to unfold. But I do know that at some point Dawn said that Lindsay ripped a phone from her hand causing a severe sprain and wanted to prosecute her for criminal battery. And then suddenly she was just like, mm, it's not a big deal. So her lawyer said, Dawn will not continue to press charges against Lindsay, nor will she be assisting any further in the investigation or prosecution. He said that she will not respond if she's subpoenaed, which is that allowed? Is that legal? I'm pretty sure if you're subpoenaed, you have to respond. But anyways, I've never been subpoenaed, so I'm not sure. And I hope I never find out. Anyway, the lawyer said that Dawn and Lindsay share a common bond. They're both recovering addicts. So Dawn does not want in any way, shape or form to do anything that would violate Lindsay's probation or cause an arrest. And then he finished by saying a crime has quite simply not been committed by Ms. Lohan. <laughs> you know that Dina wrote that out herself. <laughs> you know, that sounds like something she would say. Lindsay apparently had multiple stalkers while she was in rehab, not just paparazzi photographers, but literally men that would just stalk her sitting outside of her rehab because she was in a sober living house for a while. Betty Ford owns a bunch of like sober living houses that you can move into after you spend a certain amount of time in rehab. It's not like she's in a hospital bed in the middle of a hospital where nobody can get to. It's kind of, I guess, easier to get to. And one of the people who allegedly was waiting outside of Lindsay's sober house to get to talk to her was Sam Lutfi. I can't, you guys. It was so bad that the Betty Ford Clinic moved Lindsay to a more secure facility because of harassing text messages and phone calls. I don't even know, like, this is long enough, so I'm not even going to get into Sam Luffy, but oh my god. Oh my god. So that is 2010 in Lindsay's life. Insane. Never a dull moment for Lindsay. And she decided to finish off the year by posting on Twitter, just like we all did in 2010. And she wished her followers a blessed new year and said, everyone get ready for more, but positive Lohan mayhem in the coming year. I'm not sure mayhem was the right word to use at this point. Um, <laughs> that's why I love Lindsay. You just, you can't, you can't pin her down. You can't peg her, you know? Like just when you think that you got her figured out, you don't. So she said her New Year's resolution was to stop letting the lucky few that have my heart try to consistently tear me down. Wow, wow. There's a lot in that one tweet. I always say this, but Lindsay can do an entire interview without revealing anything. But then when she decides to share, she really shares. Like she shares everything you need to know in one sentence. It's fascinating. She then said, 2010 is about moving forward, not backwards. Leaving the bad people, habits, and negative energy behind. Time to make changes, right? Smiley face. And that's where we're going to end today. 
you guys, I mean, the amount of research and hours I spent on this episode, I cannot tell you. So I am very grateful for all of your support. I have to give a special thanks to my Patreon members. Next week, we will move forward. We will focus on positive changes and cut out all the negative energy and habits. We will stop letting the lucky few that have our hearts tear us down. And I will see you guys then. Thank you so much again for listening. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capriya Moon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessica cast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessica cast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessica cast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time.